It's on. There we go. We got we got a special one for you. This is going to be a weird one, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to number. What are we on, JC? We're on number forty-seven of the Covert Show, correct? Was, After this one, I was going to say I would have been actually right. I was going to say forty-seven, but we yeah, are. you uh, you hit the nail on the head. This one is it's weird. It's off the cuff. Uh, you know. Well, you and I were talking about this a couple of times, talked about it last night earlier when we were trying to set this episode up. <laughs> and when we set it up, we had no idea how insanely bad sports was going to be this week. And oh, it got yeah. worse today, by the way. It really did today. Uh, you, uh, you, you don't like to see it. So when we were thinking about this, this is before all the not-so-good things happened, but it's off the cuff today. Yeah, Man, definitely. I'm, I'm not even in the state of Iowa. <laughs> I'm uh, halfway across the country in good old Newark, New Jersey. I'm hanging out at a Marriott. So I've got no notes. Uh, just went to a Devils game that they lost in. We'll talk about that. But, yeah, like you said, a weird episode, which, I mean, it's different. So it should be fun. It's it's definitely a, a weird one because, you know what, the – so. JC, like he said, in Newark, New Jersey, went to a Devils game. He had a couple of tall boys at the game, as one does watching <laughs> hockey. All right, you you watch some stick and puck with the boys. You have a couple of tall frosties, and you know you get her done, bud. Well, apparently, the man decided that he was gonna go out of of the stadium and try to start walking to his hotel and think that he was gonna get some some extra fluids. After, for after the fact, while we do the show, well, Newark, New Jersey decided to kick him in the nut in the nads there and say, "Nope, slow your Lee Corso to him and say, not so fast, bub." And now JC does not have a gas station with anything within a five or a half mile radius, and by anything we mean a little bit of the the sauce. Well, you brought it up right away, but I was gonna crack one open with I ever cracked one open on this podcast. And this is what our third episode in a row of us uh, since like August. I haven't cracked open a cold one with you on this podcast in like four months. It's been a minute. No better place to change that than Newark, New Jersey at the Marriott. And well, it wasn't meant to be. Like you said, I tried to Grubhub it here. I tried to Uber Eats it here. I thought the Marriott would have a bar. And everything just didn't come together. Well, and I'm not going to, like I told you before we started this, I'm not going to walk a half, three quarters of a mile by myself in Newark, New Jersey. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, that's that's just kind of asking to get mugged. Not taking, I mean, not taking a shot at Newark. Yeah, no, not by any means, but at the same time. I wouldn't time, have done it in St. Louis either. Oh, yeah, you. It, there, there are certain cities where you just, choose not to because it's like you get sketched out by just stepping out the door it's like there are definitely places like even around here like i'll i'll get sketched out by just kind of like walking through because it's like i'm walking by myself at night got some spots oh, yeah. got some spots that i wouldn't go out by myself you know so did but, go around the old block around the block to see if there was anything because Google Maps lied to me and told me there was a 7-Eleven across the street which well, would have solved my problem but they're that's a bank, not a Seven Eleven. There's a big difference, and that's where you think that it must not have been updated for like years, and you're kind of sitting there and you're like, "Hmm." Literally, that bank looks like it's been there for a few years. So, 
Well, yeah. So JC not able to to crack one open. We'll get him. We'll get him back eventually with the cold ones with the boys. But you know, me at the beginning of the show cracked open a can, and everybody's probably thinking, "Oh, great, what's Nick drinking?" Well, we talked about it on the last episode. We talked about throwing it back to the OG drink that got you started. Well, folks, for me it was the combination of what the hell were you freaking thinking? Well, it was the first thing available, so I grabbed it. But I got some. I got blessed with some fireball over the weekend. And I was talking to JC last night. That song bangs no matter what kind of mood you're in. Anyway, sorry, but I had. Oh no, you gotta say. Yeah, it is the law. When you're drinking fireball, you gotta throw out a pitbull reference. I will say. Again, interjecting here, you're eventually going to get your full story there, but I will say there is no better song on the planet Earth to drink Fireball to than taking down a shot of Fireball every time they scream Fireball at the end of one of those. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you down it and you just scream, and it's like you're feeling the you, heat, and you're just like, oh, this was a bad it, idea. <laughs> it was a bad you idea. feel the juice, man. You feel the like, and I'm not a big whiskey drinker, but you feel like, yeah, I can do this. Well, I'll tell you right now. So there's a post that I just put out on the gram. I shot a picture of it. And you know what? Um, Ladies and gentlemen, I went back to the OG drink. And if anybody remembered off the last one, or if anybody's just joining us for the new one, uh, Nick decided his original drink of choice was Fireball and Mountain Dew because it was the first thing available to him. Well, folks, I'll tell you right now, I cracked open a Mountain Dew. I've got a glass sitting here of some Fireball poured into it because I got blessed with like one of those candy cane shooters over the weekend. Oh, and, oh yeah. So that Mountain Dew was what was cracked open at yeah, the beginning at the of the show, of the not show. an actual booze drink this time. Yeah, and so, but we wow. put it into a drink. So I think this is the first time that I think like a non- if we're cracking open cans, well, besides our good old shout out to, we have not done this in forever. Cause I usually, I'm the one that's responsible about it, but shout out to raise energy, even though I don't know. Oh a... <laughs> I don't know the last time we talked about that. Show. Use code COVID 20 meme... for 15%. <laughs> off. That meme I thought died. Dude, I think I found the pre-workout at Walmart. I'm really curious to go back and see how many episodes ago that was because oh dude I uh, I don't know if we're we ever were gonna find it. about it for the first like ten oh, episodes yeah you know when we made this brand new podcast RC and I and then we brought you on there was a stretch of about it wasn't we we got that thing if you will uh like four to five six seven episodes in yeah so from like six to like seventeen. We like seriously pushed it, and then we just saw how it did absolutely nothing, no matter what we did, and then it just became a meme that eventually died. But you resurrected. Well, and it's it's so sad because I mean, like, it, we appreciate the the little bit of the shout outing that we did for Raise Energy, and it was always fun. Like, it became it just became like a meme for the show, and then it just kind of kept dying off and dying off. And then I totally forgot about it once we took over, or like once I took over the show for a little bit, going solo. And I, I don't know why. I think it was because I saw, 
raise energy or like raise pre-workout, I think, in Walmart the other day. And I was like, no <laughs> freaking way. So, I mean, it was done seriously when they, when we bought that starter pack of them where we had like six different flavors to try and all the like pre-workout and sleep powder stuff. And that's probably a really bad way to describe it. But once, and then we just, you know, once you drink all the rays and all that and it just kind of. Feast, but there you go. There's our first clip for social media. Yeah, no kidding. We got to do it. back the meme of code, code for 20. 15% off raise energy for those of you who weren't so sure. The, but... the, the real meme for those that are just joining this podcast is here's the thing. The best one was when RC and you and I did a podcast. And the first time one of us, I think it was me, said covert 20 for 15% off. And then like... A half hour later in the show, one of you guys said covert 15 for 20% off. <laughs> we couldn't get it right. <laughs> that was the peak of the meme because no one actually knew what was going on. Because like, like I said, it never took off or did anything. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. But so that was our, that was our kick to fame right there was we got raised to kind of give us a little bit of some packaging, but you know what? I mean, now we're now we're sitting here, and I mean, we follow Bush Light on the good old we Instagram. So Fireball or Bush Light would be a yeah. Can we Bush? If, if anybody's listening to Anheuser Anheuser over there, shout out to you guys because we want you guys to come sponsor us. If the you betcha boys are listening to the podcast, and you guys can tell us how to get betcha. sponsored by Bush Latte, we'll do it. Because I mean, we'll sit here and we'll just do do the show with Bush Latte all the time. See if we can get our own covert can or whatever. Boy, wouldn't that be that cool if we could make it big? Ball. Oh yeah! If whoever Fire. who does Fireball's a dangerous game for me though. Oh my gosh, dude! Imagine if we get sponsored by Fireball and everybody's everybody's like, "Oh, what are you drinking?" And you're like, you walk into a bar with a card that says, "Can only drink Fireball, please serve," and <laughs> lifetime sponsor. <laughs> I'm contractually obligated to only drink Fireball the rest of my life. You can't have any other whiskey. You just wake up the next day just, oh, this was not. We, we immediately, like, we don't regret the decision, but it's like you're, you're sitting there contemplating it. It's like, oh, your stomach's on fire, and you're sitting there, you're gurgling the next day, and you're just like, don't <laughs> appreciate If you have Pitbull cranked up to oh, 11 yeah. on the scale of 10, and you're chugging down shots of Fireball, you regret nothing. It no. hurts the next day, probably. Oh, yeah, it but hurts. you regret nothing. Well, and then your stomach hurts in a couple hours, and, like, the cough syrup <laughs> kicks in, and you're just like, huh. <laughs> but. Yeah. So there, there's there's phase number one of we weren't sure where this show was gonna go tonight because like JC said we talked about it before and we're like, well we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun and we'll we'll still have we'll all right let's let's be serious for just one second we can get back to the fun having here we got to talk about it just because we brought it up and we we're gonna talk about it so there's been multiple things kind of coming up within um college sports the last couple of days for for those of you who have not seen we'll start with the one that happened recently and by recently I mean I believe today um head coach Mike Leach ends up passing away um from an ailment he's been battling this for a while he got induced into the hospital the other day and then he ends up passing away um at the age of 61 and this was Monday night so he passed away on December 12th of 2022 um Mike Leach fantastic head coach 
um, coached at many, many, many different schools. I mean, he coached at uh, Washington State. He coached at Mississippi State. He coached at Texas Tech. I mean, the guy was everywhere around college football. He was a big influence to a lot of players. Um, and he, I mean, he was just a great coach. Led Mississippi State to a lot of big wins as well. Kind of rebuilt that program. Uh, Texas Tech, he gave one kid, a, or they gave one kid a scholarship. And I saw this TikTok um, a lot of years ago. I can't remember when it was. But he had like kind of a raffle for somebody to come down and like kick a field goal. Well, this one kid volunteered um, and bought bought like a ticket for the raffle. He got picked and he came down, kicked the field goal. And according to that, he didn't miss a field goal since he made that first one. Um, equipment manager picked him up at the, the end of the field goal, brought him over to the sideline, gave him a bunch of gear and said, here you go. Um, and he became the new Texas Tech kicker. And then um, eventually went to Was- or Washington State, went to Mississippi State, had a great coaching career, but like I said, passed away, and that was big, big time number two for the week. Big time and number you know, one was a little bit more, but anyways. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. I think on the grand scale of things. Oh yeah, well yes. Him passing's number one. Yes, passing just, was number one. Just throw that out there. But here's my thing with Mike Leach. You watched him, and he was. He was interesting beyond the game. 100%. He was the type of coach, and you and I had both worked in media. I work in media currently, and you know, you you work in the the, the hunting side of it. Easy for me to think of that's, at the moment. That's, that's pretty um, much what it is. But he's the type of coach you want to work with. He's the type of coach that was very open with people. He, you know, he... He... He didn't beat around the bush at all. Well, that too, but he was interested in the people he was talking about. I read a thing on Twitter, uh, this chick that was uh, worked with him, I think at Mississippi State. Um, they're watching film, breaking down film or whatever, and, and he asked different questions of her, about her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things where, I don't know, you just don't find – a lot of coaches, and I'm not saying all coaches are not genuine, but you, it, it's you're hard pressed to find one as genuine as him. Because I mean, he was easy to get a hold of. He's easy to talk to. Uh, like you said, uh, pretty straightforward. And yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough loss for college football. Definitely a tough loss for just the coaching community in general in all sports. I mean, he That's was just a <clears throat> he's yeah. a guy that you should kind of develop yourself around of just the fact of he's there for his players. He's there to defend them. He'll, he won't feed you bullshit. I mean, he'll tell you straight up. Um, but Mike Leach, what a fantastic coach. His memory will live on like many coaches past, um, within college sports, especially, but even in to NFL. But as we kind of break down the next point, so this was, this was kind of huge release, um, yeah, we go polar opposites. Oh yeah, of awful things that have happened this week in sports. And so like, I can't. I think of a way you can go more polar opposite than what you're about to talk about. Yeah, I mean this was this was huge, and I'm trying to get it back, or I'm trying to get to the yeah, team. Yeah, because what here. you're about to say, you're going to want to say correctly. Yes, I'm. I'm getting that here, so I'm going to look this look this up kind of as we go. And I thought I had a a tab ready to go. But I did not. So we're getting to it. Because there's a lot to break down with this, and all so, of it's awful. But so <clears throat> as as we go here, 
So Chris Beard, head coach at University of Texas, who led the Texas Tech um, Red Raiders to a 2019 national title game and Elite Eight appearance. Um, he was named the head coach of Texas basketball coming up this season. Well, turns out he ends up getting arrested, um, I believe it was over the weekend, or mm-hmm. on Monday, actually. And he was arrested and booked on Monday at 4.18 a.m. And now is looking at 10 years in prison for a third-degree felony of uh, domestic violence. So, and he has also been suspended from Texas basketball. And this, especially coming after Texas having an, an insane start to their year. I mean, they've had one of their best starts in program history, and they're continuing to go. Um, <clears throat> he posted a $10,000 bond um, and left the Travis County Jail without uh, commenting to the media early Monday afternoon. But, yeah, so his girlfriend at the time, now fiance, or she alleges fiance said that they started getting into an argument and he began to strangle her and bite her as well. So, I mean, there's this is also now the second case where a college coach has been uh, alleged of domestic violence with strangulation because Mickey Joseph as well for the Nebraska Cornhuskers interim head coach, he was uh, charged with domestic violence cases as well. So, the it I, I – Truly, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's it's hard because according to this <clears throat> quote from, where are we at here? We are at Michigan Live. So according to this website, his uh, fiance at the time, I just lost it here. So he said, or she said that according to the police reports, he choked me, bit me, bruises all over my legs, throwing me around and going nuts as they got into their argument. And he um, just apparently snapped, became really violent. And so we hope that she is okay for one. And we hope that whatever the argument was, we hope that it was something that was not supposed to get this violent, which usually it never is. I was going to say, there's not really any reason for this sort of violence. And this was one of the things too, uh, as you noted, I've been traveling the last few days, but the more, and this is from somebody that just glanced at it periodically, but the more you looked at this, the worse it got. Oh, yeah. I mean, it got bad. You know, when this first came out, it was a domestic uh, case, which is never good. But, you know, you there's when that domestic word's used, you're never quite sure how bad it is. Uh-huh. Then the strangulation came out. Then the biting came out. And it, it like, you, like I'm saying, you know, it just kept stacking and getting worse and worse. And, yeah, like you said, just, just a mess. And the thing about – and you can't really, you can't cover it up. You can't do anything. I think Texas has done the right job in suspending Beard for the rest of the season, or suspending Beard until, according to the article here, further notice. I do not believe that he will get to coach college sports again. I don't believe that he will get to coach again. And as of right now, um, interim coach, or yeah, interim coach uh, Rodney Terry is leading the number seven Texas Longhorns. They ended up having a game against Rice the other night, beat them 87-81. But So they do have a man able to take over the helm at the moment for the rest of the season. But that's a huge loss for for the Longhorns basketball program as they usually kind of just face a lot of or a lot of goodness at the beginning of the year, and then they, they fall short towards 
the middle latter half of the season, and now they're dealing with the university as a whole. Um, just just a huge void. I mean, that's it came as a shock to everybody. I think so. Well, you and I were talking about it, texting about earlier this week when all this was breaking, and you know, you mentioned it there. He's probably not going to be coaching again, and I would argue he really shouldn't be nope. coaching at college level. Period. And like you kind of mentioned there a little bit, I don't know how you go in back into coaching with this sort of thing. I mean, I know, you know, like you've mentioned, different coaches can do it, but uh, with all the details that have come out about this one, I don't know how you come back from it. And really, he shouldn't. Yeah, and we're, we're still pending a lot of information with this as well. So next week we may have an update. Um and we'll just kind of keep it keep it up to date as we go. But yeah, this this week hit hard. I mean, two it's been two days, and yeah. I mean we got hit with a lot it's of been, info on that. It's been a, like I said, one of those situations where, and it, it happens in a lot of different things. But this was one where it starts out baseline bad, and then like you said, from Monday to. Uh, today, when we're recording this, uh, it's just ballooned even worse. So, yeah, like like we said at the beginning of the show, a uh, rough week of sports. And it's only it's only Tuesday, uh, and we hope that it doesn't get worse. Oh, well, that yeah, I was gonna, yeah, we I hope that it, it doesn't Tuesday. get worse. But I mean, at, well, yesterday it got worse for some people because if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan. Your oh, yeah. your season just got thrown down the toilet because now as a four and eight team, you lost your quarterback and Kyler Murray, Kyler Moore, or Kyler Murray with an ACL tear against the Patriots yesterday. Ramon Jerry Stevenson is looking to possibly hopefully get back in the lineup with after an ankle injury. Debo Samuel over the weekend carted off the field as well. So I mean there's Injuries were everywhere. Russell Wilson left the game with a massive concussion, I believe, as well. I mean, there, there was just the world of sports got shaken up big time. So, yeah, it's just uh, one of those things. I mean, you know, the injuries are bad, but you know, the 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 death and the major domestic major uh, allegations and the charges coming really didn't. Uh, it didn't sit really well. Made it worse. Yeah, I mean it, and like we said, we didn't mean to bring the vibe of the show down because usually we pretty fun on the show, but this definitely has to get covered because I mean there's, and we could also talk about the fact that um, without going into further opinion and everything, Brittany Griner also got released from Russia as well over the week. Um, so she <laughs> yeah, is now. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is one that this this without. Is, Going deep into yep. opinion because we we told you this was going to be a fun off the cuff show. Without going deep into opinion, that is a very divisive thing. And oh, I yeah. will say one thing on this: it's a tiny bit head scratching to me. Very. But we'll just we'll, we'll just leave we'll, it at that. We'll we're not going to take a deep dive in on that because yep. we're not going to be prejudiced or anything. We're going to say that Brittany Griner is coming home, so we'll cover that. And we'll we'll leave it off opinion, but I believe we have but covered. We will the... make note. <laughs> yep. That in this trade, Russia did get a uh, arms dealer back. Yes. So. So we're we're not gonna leave you with none of the facts, 
but well, we'll we're gonna we'll leave you with as minimal political opinion as possible. There we go. But we covered our news, trying to move on. I believe, right? Is that is that all we got oh, yeah. for the? Okay, so we're we're we apologize for the little bit of a bring down, but we we pray for all the lives touched over the weekend. Um, pray for the family of Mike Leach and pray for the fiance of former Texas head basketball coach. Um, oh, excuse me, Chris Beard. But now, without further ado, JC is like we've talked about. I don't know. Have we mentioned it a couple times? I, I can't remember if we have. But in case we didn't, JC is currently in New Jersey, and he went to a good old Devils game. And we were texting about it last night. He called me while he was on his way um, in St. Louis in the car. Uh, the Blues had a game last night. That was apparently, no offense to them, but apparently a shit show. And the Devils tonight end up falling a little bit short. So, JC, take us away. How has your hockey vacation been, man? So, yeah, like you said, I'm on hockey vacation. <laughs> it's only a two-day trip. Wish it could be longer, but it's just the way she goes. Here's the thing. So, yesterday, you made note of it. I was down in good old St. Louis, Missouri. Watched the Blues and Predators. Uh, it's my first time being in the Enterprise Center. I'll be there later this year when the Devils uh, travel down there uh, in February sometime. Devils, or rather, Blues played the Predators. A one nothing overtime win for the Blues, which is cool. Home team goals. Someday we're going to talk about it on the show, but like the best in-game experiences, a home team scoring a goal is got to be – up there, like maybe the best when it comes to in uh, in game experience. But now, are we talking? One, are we talking like just throughout the whole entire night, or are we talking like overtime, like stakes on the line, like where where are we well, at with this here? Because I mean, I know, feel like there's two I'm different vibes. Saying, well, that's definitely true, but I'm just I don't know. There's something about the 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 horn. The, every time you score a goal in hockey, the place just loses its mind. And, like, you know, it does in other sports, too. But it's a way, like you said, a way different vibe. But, yeah, overtime game winner, the place was place was rocking. I mean, I got to give props to the Blues fans. Uh, you know, they won the, the cup back in 19, but they're not very good this year. But they still packed that place uh, on Monday night. Well, so the teams go a combined 0 for 7 on the power play, which was, I'm not going to lie, kind of pathetic. I was going to say, you sent me that text, and I was like, okay, wait, hold on. Usually somebody either, like, somebody's got to break the ice there. Nah, no pun intended, but somebody's got to break that open, and they got to score off the power play. But, nope, 0 for for 7 combined. That just surprising. Not, Not a good number. Uh, the Blues, like I said, end up winning in overtime. Both those teams, Western Conference teams that are middle of the road in their division, I think they're like right next to each other in the standings. Well, so, let, let Nick take a look. He's got the good old laptop ready to go and, and rumble. While you do that, you up there. the fun part about this game, despite the fact both teams aren't didn't play very well, it was rivalry, and you could feel the rivalry in the building. Oh, yeah. there's a, It's always there. And uh, there was some Predator fans there, which <laughs> is always cool when you have the uh, 
the road team in a rivalry game. I, I was 85% sure I was going to see a fight in the stands, too. That would have been awesome. I, I was going to say, I hate to be that guy, but if it's not me getting throttled, that would be pretty cool. It's like, it's, a, it's, it's, yeah, it's the good old... Anybody, I don't want to see anybody get, like, rock, rock bad. In the good old words of, of social media, grab his dick and twist it. <laughs> you remember live, You remember in 2020 when everybody was able to go to live sporting events and they did this whole campaign about if you talk shit, you're going to get your shit rocked, basically. Oh, yeah. It's and like, they had they clipped together like a minute and a half montage of guys in the crowd talking shit, and the other guy came, would come up and popped him. And I think it was the Dodgers and Giants had one where this old guy's talking shit, and the guy walks up and just pops him, and the old guy just goes limp and falls to the ground. And I was like... Well, it's like well, in, in some rivalries, you got to know that if you're going to talk some shit, you're going to get rocked and you're going to get hit freaking hard. I mean, granted, Michigan and Ohio State fans, that rivalry should there. You shouldn't be allowed to have. I mean, granted, this is I if this ever happened in football and sporting events again, had to not have fans in the stands. I, I'm boycotting all sports. Couldn't can't do it like it just it sucked. I'm sorry for all those. Anybody, hockey, baseball, football, soccer. I mean, you're you're sitting there. You got nobody in the stands. It's like you're you're back to playing like travel ball when you're eight states away and nobody can come see you. But it's like, yeah, dude, I miss player or fans getting in arguments like Yankees, Red Sox fans, Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska, Colorado used to be a huge rivalry in football in the Big Twelve. Uh, the Dodgers and the Giants. I mean, that one's huge. Um, NHL. NHL players get to fight on, on the ice besides that. I mean, you can fight in the stands, but no, I, I love seeing if you're, if you're not able to talk shit while you're in the stands and you can't take it or dish it back out, then you, you better be in for some tough nuggies there, bud. Cause you about to get rocked. I was going to say the ones that always get me, and this is coming from a guy who, you know, traveled solo here is you go into a road, a hostile road environment by yourself and talk shit to a group of like two or three guys. I, I've always thought, what is going on? And like, okay, pretend alcohol is not involved, which oh, yeah. 90% of the time in that it situation, is. it has to be. But like, you have to have a lot of self confidence, man. You, you got to have some, you got to have a lot or of self confidence. Yeah. A lot of self confidence. You're stupid, or you've got some, some, like special ops training and you can just take down five guys at once. Cause I mean, you're going to, you're about to get just surrounded and you better run. You better have a good medical bill or a lawyer. Cause you're going to get your shit rocked. <laughs> because I, as a, as a devil's fan, as a blue Jays fan, rarely get to see my team in their home stadium. Oh, yeah. Toronto. I've never seen the devils. I saw tonight and it's only the second time I've seen them. I've never seen so any of my teams in the home stand. I'm used to being that road team. So. Well, just as long yeah, as you I, don't go I, down to Texas as a Blue Jays fan, JC, I think you're fine. Texas. It died. How, dare you, how I, dare you bring up Texas? I, was it for the fact of what happened in the playoffs? I'm not going to mention what. 
Shut yeah, up. I know exactly what you're trying to do. I'm not trying to do it. I'm just I'm saying. Nebraska football fans. Yeah, you know what? I, I still actually haven't been to a game at Kinnick, and that's, I probably would. I would probably be the person that would just get trashed and just start talking smack. And if, you, you might want to bring somebody with you so you have a fighting chance not to get your ass kicked. <laughs> well, considering the fact that I would be the only person that I would go with my group that would be wearing red unless I went with full Nebraska fans, yeah, it ain't going to be good. Well, I mean, if you go with a group of people and you go with, like, a bunch of Iowa, like if you and I went to the game and I wore Iowa stuff and you started smack talking, I mean, I feel like the situation would probably de-escalate quicker than if we're both wearing Nebraska stuff. Uh, well, depends on how the game's going and depends on what's my level of how much did I have in the parking lot. <laughs> so, well, we'll the have to. this year where Nebraska's boat racing them. No, it wasn't yeah, in a they're... boat. Do not. No, 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 no. They boat raced okay, for a quarter. here we go. No, I, dude, I can't ever trust Your it. team was up 24 nothing, homeboy. Yeah, that's and then the we about race. choked it again. the game away. Yeah, that's what Nebraska does. But, hey, we got a new choke. coach. We're doing fine. Choke. Anyways. Choke. Nebraska so, choke. Yeah, pretty much. So, if we're looking at the NHL standings, trying to get away there from both is. of us going out of just tra- here. You trash me and my Blue Jays by bringing up Texas, and I'm just going to bring up I, how I, bad Nebraska football is. I mean, I still took it because, I mean, shit, we did choke. I mean, that was – I'll sit here and talk about it all day long because I have – Thanks. I've defended I've defended the boys and I've I've been their biggest critic, but I will say this till the day that I die. We can be winless in a season, we can win a national championship. I will have the same amount of happiness and pride and everything. I will just have a lot more sorrow on one of those. But I will I, I will still say, be you literally sound like me as a Blue Jay fan. Oh, yeah. and, and as a Devil fan too, but Blue Jays are my team, man. Oh yeah. I don't give a shit if we're 0 and 162. I'll be watching every single one of those games. Now that okay, I'm hold just, on. That's a different story. If you're if you're 0 and 162, I might have some questions for you about one. How do you lose 162 games in baseball that's without not winning one? Ever Two, happen? No. If that if that ever does, you need to go buy like we need to go buy a lottery ticket because that will never happen again in the history of sports. Or a team a you team going one and one sixty one. Because that's throwing games. Oh yeah. You can't be so bad you lose hundred and sixty two games in a row. I'll tell you right that, now, that's not possible. The Tigers aren't that bad. The Royals aren't that bad. The Oakland A's weren't even that bad this year. I mean, God, shit. Royals. Dang, Jesus. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I feel I feel bad for even still somewhat being a Royals fan because it's close to Nebraska, even though I'm still a Cubby. But, I mean, if you, even in Thanks, hockey. Thanks, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they signed Bellinger, but I don't know how much it's going to do when we don't have pitching. But anyways, even in hockey, I mean, you're sitting there, and if you lose that many games, like, how many games get played in hockey a year, JC? What do we got? Mm-hmm. 82, I think. Something like that. So you go 0 and 80. We'll we'll roughly say it right now at the moment. You go 0 and 82. And that means you have, you have not made it to a single overtime game either. Oh yeah. I mean you you have Which dropped. is even more mathematically not likely. <laughs> I mean, dude. Like the NFL, it's hard enough for teams to go 0 and 16. And now 0 and 18. I mean, you the, the Houston Texans gotta win. For crying out loud, this year I mean, and a tie, and a tie. Granted, the Colts, well, I, I, but I, here's the thing: 
pro football to me is in that same realm of you you have to try really hard to lose every single game. Oh yeah, you have I, I mean, mean it's you, tough. that it takes a special attitude to go over in football. You just mentioned Houston. There's been a, the Browns went 1 and 15 a few years back. The Dolphins went 1 and 15 in like 2008. There's been a number of teams that have been awful that have won one, two, three games. The Bears have done it a bunch of times since I've been alive. They, they, they just stink. But I mean, there takes a special you, set of circumstances to go over. Yeah, well, there have been and plenty of teams to do Tampa it in college Bay in at least. 76. I throw them out because they're an expansion team. Yeah, I mean, you... But like Detroit, Cleveland of recent that went over. There, it's it's tough. How? And and here's my thing as well. I mean, we've gotten off topic, but you know what? We're we're expecting this show to go somewhere it's never gone before. Well, I mean, it's gone down many a rabbit hole, but regardless of that, if this has always been my topic of conversation, and I I don't think anybody can answer this a lot like on a full scale. You have professional athletes getting paid who got drafted because they were the best out of this and maybe I'm going to use it as an example Mr. Irrelevant on the NFL category you were picked last in the draft or anybody who was picked last in the draft and you could potentially come up from nothing aka Brock Purdy he's the best example at the moment you can come up from nothing in the draft but you get a whole team of these draft picks and every single year you could swap different spots and Pick, be the worst team in the league and pick up the first guy. And granted, yes, I understand that injuries plague you, um, trades plague you, salary caps plague you, everything like that. I, I get the factors against you. But you're telling me that you can get all these draft picks and all these fantastic players and you can't still develop a starting lineup that works together and competes and isn't sitting at dead last. And whether it's baseball, you only win 50 games in a season. You only win 47. In hockey, you maybe win 30 and go 30 and 50. In the NFL, you go 0 for 16 or 0 for 18. I mean, dude, it's kind of appalling at some cases. Kind of. Oh, I mean, yes. It absolutely it, is appalling. That's a joke. But I've like, never had ugh. a team that went 0 for. I've never had, I mean, the Bears. I want to say 13 or 13 and 3. 3 and 13 is probably the worst I've seen. It's And even that, you get to a point, in the, and I've said this before on the show, and I've talked to people about it. As a Bears fan, I get to about week 7, and I check out. Yeah. This year was no different. You go 3 and 13, who wants to watch that? It, it's tough. I mean, and you, and this is something that you can relate to. Again, Nebraska fan, not taking the shot. I sound like I am, but nope. the Bears have this year done what Nebraska did last year. They've lost four or five one possession games. Oh, those that's, that's worse. the worst. That's even worse. I'll, You're two and ten or whatever the hell they are, and you could easily be five hundred or better if you flip one possession games. I'll tell you, you go from three and thirteen to like nine and four. I'll tell you right now, as a sports fan, especially a football fan, 
And even a baseball fan, like, I mean, you get in baseball, that look can switch a little bit more than football. I, I will say oh, baseball, baseball those, those one run games are even worse. Oh, those one run games are worse, but I mean, still, so football as like a football fan sitting as a Nebraska fan, sitting as a bears fan, sitting even as a Broncos fan with as much shit as a they've Lions been doing this year. Fan. A Lions the fan. Lions oh, they, last year, oh. And this year to some degree, although maybe they're a playoff team. We'll talk about that coming up. But I mean, yeah. Those those teams, all that you mentioned, Nebraska, Chicago, Denver, Detroit, that's agonizing. That goes back to the age-old question of would you rather your team lose with two seconds to go or get blown out in the first quarter? And And this is the worst part. You, I don't think, will feel any more pain, sorrow, for losing by one, especially when there is you're driving down the field, losing by one is the worst, regardless. But as you're driving down the field and one thing just screws up, <laughs> I'm listening to my girlfriend. She got Taco Bell in the bag. We need to soundproof this room and just get like a. <laughs> you're good. You're good, but she's um, eating Taco Bell without you. What kind of betrayal is this? She she had a long night. She was doing some coaching, so she picked up some Taco Bell. But and she didn't get any for you. No, I already had my dinner. Oh come on, she's got to at least give you a taco. Come on, man. Uh, I didn't get a text about getting Taco Bell, so wow. Nope. She and she's got wow. no remorse that she's eating her potato wow. burrito. No, no remorse there. But wow. where we travesties were... are happening on this <laughs> podcast today. Lines Holy have been cow. lines have been drawn. Wars have been started. She wow. s- spilled wow. on her brand new jacket. It's we're we're now just we're getting play by play of eating Taco Bell. <laughs> this podcast is it's the greatest off the rails, show on the goddamn man. planet. Wow. Where we were really going with this because we talked about it. <laughs> so the Predators are are leading the Blues in the. Uh, central part of the Western Conference. Oh man, that was a long roundabout way to get back. To I, I just we we're gonna talk about it, and I looked at the looked at it, and I wasn't thinking we we're gonna move on without it. But the Predators are now on a four game losing streak. The Blues are on a one. What did you say? I said the Predators. <laughs> she, she's con, she's condemning my English here, saying that I said the Predators. <laughs> Well, she didn't give you Taco Bell. So yeah, she, she didn't give me Taco talk. Bell. So, <laughs> so, but there, there we go. I mean, did we get to the Devils game? Did you break down the Devils game? No, we game did not. I was going to say we've come full circle. We're back on topic. We're forty-two an minutes into in. this thing. Forty-two, 42 minutes, minutes, minutes in. Yeah, not wow. too bad. All right, so you know the the Blues won last night. Preds are on a four-game skid. The Devils are on a three-game skit now, and everybody's panicking other than me because it's – remember, the, Devils fans. It's still early. A, it's early. B, this team is not supposed to be as good as they are right now. Despite losing three games, and this is – I just watched the goalie, Schmid, Schmid, I've heard it both ways tonight. I believe he's a – Former Sioux City Musketeer, too, by the way. Oh, sorry. Throw that out there. Um, that is a hell of a goalie. If you look at the box score, it says 4-1, and you think, wow, the Devils played like shit tonight. 
look closer. I I want to say after one it was scoreless because it was they played after the stars two, right. Yeah, after two it was two to one. Those two third period goals come late and they're empty netters and one of them's a hell of a shot. If you have time, uh, go watch the first stars. Uh, empty net goal in this game against the Devils because it's it's a hell of a shot. And the Devils pull again, and when you're down, you can only do so much, so pull the goalie, whatever. So, but here's the thing. They're still way ahead of the Metro. I haven't had a chance to look at the standings, but they're probably still six, seven, eight points ahead in the standings with equal or less games played than the second-place team. They are six points ahead in <clears throat> in the Metro. They are ahead of the Carolina Hurricanes. Devils have 44 points. Carolina has 38. Um, Devils sit at 21-6, and then um, the Hurricanes sit at 16-6. and six. So, so how many games have the Hurricanes and Devils played? Um, oh, gosh. This is... So, the Devils have played 29, Hurricanes have played 28. I was, like, taking a look at this, and I was like, this is pig Latin to so, me because we've talked about this before. Nick don't get hockey. Nick is wanting to learn hockey. Nick we, don't I get hockey. Still wanna, I still want you to get that meme out there. I'll, of you listening I'll to get me it talking out. about it and just with the lady with the math <laughs> equations behind her or, like, the, the X-Files music. I should do but it anyway. with, the, with you asking me how many games have they played and me just sitting here. Uh, sitting here searching what? for it. Uh, what the hell are you talking about, Beavis? <laughs> anyway, just keep her moving, Terry. Holy shit. For those that are too young listening to this podcast and know what I just did there. <laughs> anyway, so that, that's my point. The Devils, now let's say they played one more game than the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, still a six-point lead. That's at worst a four-point lead. <clears throat> And six points is best case scenario. Relax. The team went on a thirteen game winning streak. They're they're on they're a roll. They're gonna lose some games. They'll be fine. It's early. You're still ahead of a lot of other teams. So just relax. But the thing about it, and I I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The goaltending looks good, and that'll get you a long way. Once your offense finally gets clicking a little bit, and, and there was a goal that was called back in the game today that's a little soft, in my opinion. Again, biased Devils fan, so take it for what it's worth. But it was two to one when this goal got called back late. It was sus. Not not sure it was the right call, but anyway. So and but also that's been the thing we talked about with the Blue Jays, the defense, the pitching wasn't there. And sometimes and I mean, what that happens, happens in the playoffs when you don't have pitching. Yes, you sir. blow a seven to one lead and you lose in two games. So when you look at the Devils and the goalkeeping, that gives me a little bit of confidence. You know, assuming everybody stays healthy, knock on wood, and you stop a top stop your three game skid and all that good stuff, and you get to the playoffs, but. They're well, fun to watch. They're fast. I think I've said this on a podcast before, but they're fast. They're, and and they're that fast. by itself is fun to watch. Well, and so taking a look at um, 
the goalies for the Devils. So you got oh, and this is gonna I'm I'm gonna horribly pronounce these names. Uh, but Vinick Vinacek has twelve has twelve wins, two losses, and two overtime losses. His goals against and goals allowed. Um, he's at a two point nine or two point three nine, which is seventh in the NHL for the season of twenty twenty two and twenty three. Um, his save percentage is point nine one two. And he's had two shutouts so far. Ninety is solid money. Oh yeah, and he's got two. <clears throat> he's got two shutouts so far this season. Uh, Akira Schmidt, who you saw tonight, five mm-hmm. wins, one loss, one point seven goals against, and he's got a point nine four zero save percentage. And granted, he's and only been in six games, tonight. so. And, and watching him tonight, I mean, there were a couple. He, it was two to one before garbage time goals, if you will, empty net goal. Mm-hmm. That game could have easily been five to one. He had two or three times on the ice that I don't even know how he managed to make a save on him. Well, I'm looking at some of the replays from this because I'm on the I'm on the good old Devil's side on good old ESPN, and there were a couple of point blank saves that he had that were huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, the you got show, the man. Worry, and throws his body back across. That's the best save of the night, far and away. So I mean, that's that's nuts. Devils are looking at trying to still take it home. Plenty of hockey action left to go, and we'll get it back once JC gets his laptop on and once Nick learns a little bit more about hockey. As we go over a couple of scores just for the night, we have, if I can get back to the scoreboard here, holy cow, I'm just losing my mind. But Capitals playing the Blackhawks right now. Caps are up five to two. Flyers are losing two to one to the Avalanche. Sharks taking on the Coyotes. They or the Coyotes. They've got a two nothing lead. Bruins take down the Islanders four three. Sabers get six nothing and get a shutout over the Kings. Hurricanes one nothing win over the or the Red Wings. Panthers get a four nothing win over the Blue Jackets. Stars. Oh, Blue Jackets are so dog shit. They're well. Oh they're ten God. sixteen and two. Stars get a four to one win over the Devils. Kraken take an L to the Lightning, six to two. Maple Leafs with another shutout on the night. They've got seven nothing over the Ducks. The Ducks are even worse. They're seven and twenty on the air. Poor Anaheim. Seven nothing. Oh yeah, that's oh bad. My God. And we talk. We talked about it. You have a team that is filled with professionals. You got seven wins on the year and twenty losses. Oh boy, get your scorecards out. Oilers take down the Predators 6-3 to and extend their four-game losing streak. Golden Knights take down the Winnipeg Jets 6-2-5 up in Canada. So, hockey action. Well, I can't say in – I still can't say in the States because, I mean, they weren't in South Canada and Minnesota. So, don't you know. Well, that, that was always fun to do. I had roommates from Minnesota, and I would always call it South Canada, and they were just – they would roll their eyes and give me the bird or two, but you know what? I didn't care. It was just it was fun to do it. So, moving in to the NFL, which I think was probably over the weekend, there was a lot of good games. I mean, there was a lot of good good games. So, starting with Thursday night on December eighth, <clears throat> the Rams end up taking down the Raiders seventeen to sixteen. Baker Mayfield. In his first start with the Rams, twenty-two and thirty-five or twenty-two of thirty-five, two hundred and thirty yards, one touchdown, and one 
one lost puppy looking for the locker room after the game because if you hadn't seen it, Baker Mayfield asked multiple people where his locker room actually was because he had just gotten moved to L.A. The Rams have just spotted him up and said, oh, yeah, by the way, you're going to play tonight. And he goes, oh, shit, okay. So Mayfield puts on a jersey, takes down the Raiders, improves the Rams to 4-9, and which still probably out of full playoff contention at the moment. But he gets the job done. Josh Jacobs, once again, 99 yards with a touchdown. Moving into Sunday, December 11th, the Bills hold off the Jets this time, 20 to 10 after losing, or 20 to 12, excuse me, losing earlier in the season. Mike White got obliterated. If you haven't seen the hit, the man gets folded like a lawn chair by. The Bills linebacker, I mean, just completely folded, lies on the ground, full fetal position. Um, Yeah, Mike White got destroyed, but still able to perform through the rest of the game. Um, Bills take that one. Bengals get another win over the Browns, 23-10. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, they get back. Deshaun Watson played in that game for Cleveland. 26-42, 26 of 42, 276 yards, one touchdown on the day. Bengals improved to 9-4 and four and still making that run for the playoffs. Cowboys and Texans, and this is the thing. The Cowboys have been winning still this season and look like a playoff team. They get shaky and shaky, shaky, shaky games sometimes. And against the Texans, that definitely failed right there. So the Texans end up, oh, we dropped the call, I think. If my phone is working, we accidentally did drop the call. We lost JC. We'll try to get him back here. Please hold on the show. Please leave your message oh. for five. One. There we go. Hold on. Hello. I think I might have, uh, since I have my headphones, my phone's been oh, in my back squeak, pocket. Oh, you squeaked, yep. So I might have, might have accidentally butt hung up on you. But, yeah, so to talk about the Dallas game and the Raiders game, Raiders, that might be the final shot before that they won't make the playoffs for sure. Yep. I was stone cold wrong on taking the over in that game. Oh, boy. The over of 44. This is why your boy doesn't sports bet very much. And then the Dallas game, I went against what they always say, which is Dallas was like a 16-point favorite. 16 points in pro football is a lot. I said, no, Dallas is going to roll them. And I think everybody thought that the Texans were going to be kind of the downfall in that game. I mean, you have a 1-11 or a 1-10 at the time Texans team. The Cowboys have been kind of rolling, but they've been playing shaky like we talked about. Well, the Texans in the first quarter get 10, second quarter get 10, third quarter finally slowed down a little bit, and then Dallas's offense kind of heated up. Dak Prescott able to kind of keep that team going there as well, and then... I mean, so coming into the playoffs, the Cowboys are going to be one of those teams where it's going to be tough to see what team shows up and if that's going to fail them at one point kind of coming down the stretch. Because the defense for the Cowboys is decent. I mean, it's been pretty good all year. I mean, they've been winning close games and able to keep teams away. So Decent, but you gave up a big number on the scoreboard to Houston. Yeah. Horrible. And that's the the huge part. They're 1-10-1, man. They're not good. Well, I mean, you can argue that Houston put that much up against Dallas, but you can also argue that the Lions decided to shove out and tell the Vikings, you can't keep 
you can't keep holding everybody down because Matthew Stafford and the line or not Matthew Stafford anymore. Gosh, that that hurt. Wow, wow that's yeah. Throwback to that. When was the last time you heard that name in a Lions uniform? Jared Goff and the Lions. <laughs> 34 to 23 over the Vikings and improved to 6 and 7 on the year. They're 4 and 4 at home so the or the Lions trying to hold off some scurvy teams to try to keep going for the rest of the year and make it to the playoffs. The Jaguars beat the Titans. Trevor Lawrence before, finally finding a stride. Game, oh, keep going. Two things about Detroit. One, if there was ever a moment where the NFL seems absolutely rigged, this was it. Hear me out. <laughs> Las Vegas had Detroit as a favorite at five and seven against ten and two Minnesota. I'm going to say that again because if you're just a sports fan, you should go, "Wait, what?" Detroit five and seven, Minnesota ten and two. Detroit was favored to win and got it done. Also, like you said, they're vying for playoff spots now. On the outside looking in, but they're still at least looking. I mean, they're, they're knocking oh. on that door, and that door is still cracked open. I mean, there's plenty of playoff spots still left to go. The, Jets, the NFC East will cannibalize itself. Oh, and yeah. And I think if you can get enough of that cannibal, if they cannibalize themselves enough, and Detroit plays good enough down the stretch, there's a route for Detroit to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, and they got to keep playing through a couple of north wins. The Jags end up taking down the Titans, 36-22. They found a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence that could potentially be a franchise QB, and they just need to build around him. You see it. I mean, he's playing very, very well, 30-42, 368 yards through the air, and three touchdowns passing. Derrick Henry still becoming a rushing force. Evan Ingram on that outside end for the tight end. I mean, he's just been having a hell of a year with Jacksonville, so the Jags still trying to get it done. The Giants... Still a very solid team and a very well-rounded team. The Eagles are just way too offensively sound. And by way too, I mean, you've got Devontae Smith, former Heisman winner. you got Miles Sanders at a running back. you got Jalen Hurts. Goddard has been out. He's looking to possibly come back here within the next couple of weeks. I mean, that Eagles team is so freaking stacked at Hurts, and they're just running. A.J. Brown as well on the outside. Eagles defense is... Not the best in the NFL, but I mean, at the moment, it's keeping them keeping teams down forty-eight I mean, to twenty-two. When your team scores forty points a oh, game, it's, it's not hard. You to only be bad. need to do so much on defense. So, Eagles get the job done, forty-eight to twenty-two. Ravens sixteen to fourteen over the Steelers. We called that game. We said <laughs> there was going to be the win, and sure enough. They got the win. It wasn't pretty, but the the Ra- or the Ravens finally get that one done. Will that be the last remaining win of the year? We'll find out. It'll it'll be interesting to see. Nine to four of the they, Ravens. They already got one more win than I thought. I mean, yeah. you called the game against Pittsburgh. I said they weren't going to win one the rest of the year. <clears throat> so they got they got the job done at least. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs kind of found a brand new weapon. They found two brand new weapons in the last couple of weeks. They got Ivan Pacheco, and they've got McKinnon, and I mean they're just and they've got Patrick Mahomes. I mean the man is just a it's a walking Houdini. Thirty four to twenty eight. The Broncos try to come back as best they can, but end up falling a little bit short throughout the game. They are now out of playoff contention. The Chiefs are still ten and three, looking to take away that spot in the AFC. 
the Bucks and the Niners. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. I called it last week and said I think he will give the Bucks just absolute hell. And I think this might be the start for them to get into the playoffs or keep going into the playoffs. And Jimmy Garoppolo might have to sit for a little bit because Brock Purdy looked phenomenal. Brock Purdy looked great. And here's the worst part. He didn't even pass or he didn't even beat Tom Brady in passing because here's why. Tom Brady was 34 of 55. 55 pass attempts, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Brady looking looking like retirement is kind of knocking on his door. Well, that shows you what Tampa Bay is to me. More oh, than yeah. Anything. I mean, Brady, with the whole divorce thing, has been oh. – I, I still think he would have retired this last year if Adam Schefter hadn't reported it before Tom Brady was able to kind of send himself off how yeah. he wanted to, if you will. I'm still convinced he would have retired, but well, he's too stubborn, too hard-willed, if you will. I mean, and he just said, "Fuck it, I'm coming back." And well, Gronk didn't apparently fucking want to come back, so the Niners are the Niners end up deciding that Tom Brady was gonna just look horrible. Well, they retire, homeboy. Yeah, they said if, we, if we're going to throw you a retirement party, we'll still give you somewhat of a playoff ranking, but we're going to help this kid do something that no quarterback has done in their first rookie start in the NFL when playing the GOAT, and that is beat him. Brandon Ayuk came to shove out. Debo Samuel, before he got carted off the field, shoved out. Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, the whole entire team of San Francisco said, you know what, Tom Brady, we'll say it, Fuck you, and and shoved out thirty-five to seven with a twenty-one point second quarter, and Brock Purdy just is on cloud nine at the moment. So we're looking to see what he can do coming into the playoffs. And, and the hilarious part about that for Tampa is that NXT South will come down to the last week probably. Oh yeah, it's bad. Every team is so bad. It's it's horrible. Every team is terrible in that division. We'll break. And here's the thing. And we'll break I'll those standings right down too. Before, or sorry to interrupt, but we'll break those standings down too in a second. Go ahead. And here I'll say it right now: If Tom Brady and the Bucks get in the playoffs, they'll win their first round game, even if they're sub five hundred. Oh yeah. It, you, that whole division. It reminds me of the AFC West. Ooh, circa like 2012, 2013, somewhere in there, where the Chargers got in at seven and nine. That's a tough it, year. Yeah, I just it just that division screams somebody will get in. That's terrible. Well, there it uh, it it's a hard it's a hard division. The Panthers. End up getting a win, 30-24. to We'll get to the standings here in just a moment. The Chargers speak of the devil, 23-17 to or 17 over the Miami Dolphins. Patriots take a win away from the Cardinals and potentially probably knock them out of playoff contention. Mac Jones is <clears throat> becoming a little child. He, sh- he shook off multiple plays from his, off- or from, his, from his coach on the sidelines and was like, you know what, no, we're going to run something else. 
Because apparently they can't fucking run the ball. They need to throw it because their run game sucks, according to his multiple Twitter memes last week. Well, Kyler Murray, it doesn't help that he was out with a torn ACL. He's out for the rest of the season. Colt McCoy, former Texas QB, had to step in. He went 24 or 27 of 40 with one interception, 246 yards. And I'll say this, the Cardinals' play calling almost looked Bronco-esque because, I mean, you get in a field goal range multiple times, and instead of just putting points on the board and keeping this game a lot closer than it could have been, or a lot closer than it was, you elected to go for it on four fourth downs and missed. And granted, I, I will say this, it, it's hard for a guy who comes in. He's 32 years old, Colt McCoy is, I believe, 32, in his 30s at least. And he comes in and... Two balls were thrown to their wide receivers and went in and out of the hands. So you had two fourth down conversions right there that Colt McCoy should have been able to perform, which he did. He threw the ball exactly where it needed to be. Well, he didn't throw it. Well, I should have said he threw it to where the receivers needed to catch it. He didn't throw it where it needed to be because it needed to be be DeAndre Hopkins. Well, it wasn't for multiple. So long story short, Cardinals on fourth down the other night were not good. They should have kicked field goals. Breaking into the standings here, going through the AFC. In the AFC East, Bills are number one. They're 10-3. and three. Dolphins are now <clears throat> sitting at number two. They, uh, they were on track to be contented with the Bills, or contending with the Bills. They are now 8-5. and five. Patriots are 7-6. and six. Jets are 7-6. and six. So the AFC East is going to tear itself apart just for the hell of it because they want to sit there and try to see who can come out after the Bills. In the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens are 9-4. and four. The Bengals are 9-4. and four. The Ravens, like we talked about, probably will not win another game this year after beating the Steelers. And the Bengals are on a five-game win streak, and Joe Burrow looks like he is out for blood. So, have fun in the AFC North, because the Browns and the Steelers are both 5-5. Five and five. So, you better lock your doors, hide your kids, hide your wives, because he's coming for you. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans. Oh, boy. Uh, dude, you got to break through it. I mean, Joe Burrow, he he became Joe Shiesty. He put on the coat, and he put the cigar in, and he got the ice out, and he said, all right, it's go time. Enough fucking around. He put the shades on. That's how you know Joe Burrow means business. You can have all the coat. You can you can have the coat. You can have the ice. You can have everything. If the chain or if the cigar and the glasses come out, you're you're instantly screwed. Joe Burrow is just too good. The, ten- the swag daddy. The swag daddy, Joe Shiesty. Joey Ice, man. I mean, <laughs> dude, guy's on fire. I love it. I don't care. You can call me a fanboy. I love watching Joe Burrow play. He's just a dog. Uh, uh, the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South, they're 7-6. and six. The Jags are 5-8. and eight. They're working their way up, trying, 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 trying. The Colts are 4-8. and ele- or four and eight. Texans, first team out of playoff contention. They are 1-11. I should say both those teams have ties included in their record to each other. So they're 1-11-1? Yeah. The Texans are 1-11-1. The Colts are 4-8-1. That's... That's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's bad. (laughs) In the AFC West, the Chiefs are 10-3. They're at the top of that one. The Chargers are 7-6. The Raiders are 5-8. They're still fighting for a viable spot. Denver Broncos, 3-10. and 10. Broncos country, let's ride it back to the couch so we can watch everybody Broncos else play football. Country. Let's ride. ride. No, we're riding into next season hoping that it becomes better and Nathaniel Hackett is out of office. 
In the <laughs> NFC, formerly known as the NFC Least, breaking news, there's contending teams there. We knew it would come. We just didn't know when it would happen. Literally every single one of them. Oh, literally. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles are the first team to fully clinch the playoffs. They are now 12-1. and one. They are the number one seed overall in the playoffs. Dallas Cowboys are number or are second in the NFC East. I shouldn't say second in the league. They're second in the East. They're ten and three. The Washington Commanders are seven and five, and the Giants are seven and five. So they're everybody's sitting right in line there. Also, the Giants and the Commanders have a tie to each other as well. The only two te- or the only four teams with a tie this year are the Colts, Texans. They played each other. Cowboys, Giants. They played each other. Trevor Heineke is trying to get this Commanders team to the playoffs. Ron Rivera doing a fantastic job of keeping them in contention for that as well. <clears throat> Minnesota Vikings 10-3 and in the NFC North. Detroit Lions now hop over the Packers and take a 6-7 and record in that second-place spot. Nobody ever saw that coming. The way that they played at the beginning of the year where the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff were just kicking a bucket around and saying, what the hell is going on? We traded one... We traded over a quarterback for a quarterback who we thought was supposed to be good, who was kind of like our guy that we just lost. Well, sure enough, the Lions are kind of getting back on track. The Packers have done a lot to help them out by losing a couple of crucial <laughs> games. I'm sorry, JC. The Bears are out. The Bears, show, the Bears also helped Detroit. Fun fact, they, they lost did. that one-point game to them. So, hey, you know. They did. It's not it's not a great thing, but I guess, you know, if we helped Detroit get to the playoffs for the first time in, in years, I guess a, de- a decade probably. Well, what I mean, um, Matthew Stafford wasn't able to get the Detroit Lions a win. Matthew Stafford well, also wasn't they, able to get a playoff win until he was with the Rams. I was gonna say, but didn't they get there in like 2011 or something? Let me hold on. Let me look here because I want to. I do want to fact it was check 2011 because they got rocked by the Saints. Last time the lie, and this is also bad that we're googling this on the show. But we also want oh, to. It's all part of the show. Man. Oh yeah, want. Okay, <laughs> okay so here's what is going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you the type last in three brain cells are having a boxing match live on the show. <laughs> so oh, when, wow. when you type in the last time the Lions, it was like just to start that out. It was the last time the Lions won a playoff game. The last time the Lions had a winning season. The last time the Lions won a championship. Last time they like, won that's a. That's got to be like 1962. Or oh, dude, I'm, I'm just gonna keep Before finishing my sentence. The NFL was the NFL. In the playoffs. I don't even know if the Lions have won a Super Bowl. I think they have, but I'm not sure. They have not. Okay, so the last time that the Lions were in the playoff, this did not help me fucking at all. It's got to be like 2011. Uh, okay, here we go. I have, a re- I have a record list here. From 1960. Hold on here. Okay, so they've made the playoffs a total of 12. Or they've made the playoffs... Two, in the past 10 seasons, they made it two times. So from 2013 onward, they lost in the wild card back in 2011. Boom, called it. They lost Not in the, their most recent one, though, which no. is actually a genuine surprise. And I'm getting there. So they the last last two times they were in the playoffs was 2014. They were 11-5, and five, lost in the wild card. And then they were uh, in 2016, it was the last time they were in the playoffs, and they lost with a 9-7 and seven record. 
I think 2016 was that year they played Green Bay the final week, or maybe that was 2011. They played them the final week, and then they played them in the first-round playoff game because Detroit beat them. Well, maybe they didn't. 2011, by the way, for those keeping score, was the year that Detroit got the crap beat out of them by the Saints. 45-28. Took a taking a look at that, but oh, I'm thinking of Minnesota. Never mind. Yep. Where they played uh, Green Bay the final week, beat them, and then played them the first week of the playoffs and lost. But anyway, so so yeah, it's been a hot minute. Detroit has not won a Super Bowl, by the way. No, Detroit has not won a Super Bowl. So current, they did make a conference championship game back in 1991. However, they lost, and they were 12 and four that year. They and got. That was- Throttled, throttled by the Washington football team, which was not called the Washington football team that year, but 41 to 10, 17, 10 at the half, 24, nothing second half Washington, uh, I believe would go on to be Buffalo that year. Well, uh, the last championship. Oh, I was close. I said 62. The last championship Detroit won. This was before the NFL was the NFL. Oh. 1957. 1957? They won three Holy and six cow. between 52 and 57. They won in 52, 53, and 57. In 57, they beat the – oh, my God. They beat the Browns 59 to 14. Oh, poor Brownies. 17, they got shit 14, on. 14, 14, and 14 by quarter. Holy cow. And then – that's a lot of scoring for a Detroit team. Yeah, no kidding, uh, considering the Detroit Lions that we know. In 53, they beat the Browns again, 17-16. Uh, now I'm just invested in what what, what happened in 51, uh, 52. In 52, you guessed it, they beat the Browns 17-7. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Three titles, 57, 53, and 52, all against the Browns. They also won one in 1935, going seven, three, and two. What a pathetic record! And beating the Giants, 26 to seven. Bookend 13 point quarters in the first and fourth. Got it done for the old uh, Lions, which at that point probably weren't the Lions. That no, I wonder I, if that I don't even know if I they would if have a late enough for them to be the Portmouth Spartans. Oh my gosh! No, that... it's not actually. So they're the Lions. The changeover from the Portsmouth Spartans was in '33, and they became the Lions in '34 and won the title in '35. The Portsmouth Spartans? What the hell? Where? I don't even want to know where the hell is that in Michigan still? I don't even know. Google is going to be hard uh, on that one. I honestly have no idea. I think so. Well. So it's safe to say that the Lions are looking for a playoff win. They're looking for some playoff luck because Matthew Stafford led that team to two playoffs that didn't have wins. So so going back to another one of your questions that I'm also curious about. So their last eight appearances have been wild card losses. You talked about 16, 14, 11. 99, 97, 95, 94, and 93 were all wild card losses. Their last Oof. playoff win was in the playoffs. They made it to the NFC title game. Now, I'm I'm looking this up on the fly because I am genuinely curious. So they haven't won a playoff game since I've been alive. 
Their last playoff game win, January 5th, so this is the 91 season, so this would be January 5th of 1992. They beat Dallas, and they beat the breaks off Dallas 38-6. to six. Holy cow. Yowza. That's a Jimmy Johnson-led Dallas team, too. That's Oof. A, Oof that's, that's, a, that's a bad. But that's an ass-whooping. Yeah. And then, you know, Washington turned around and throttled them. But So, yeah, that's a wild-card loss of 93 to the Packers. They, they're, uh, the Lions are looking for a win. Their last nine playoff. Yeah, last nine playoff games. Holy going shit. Going back to 91 92 season. And Detroit losing to Green Bay uh, a couple of times in the 90s in the playoffs. So well, there you go. There's our history. Oh, the history lesson for the day. 1994 playoffs or 95 playoffs. 58 to 37, they got beat by the Eagles. Oof. 38 to 7 at the half. <laughs> man, I could talk about this stuff forever. I'm such a. He's a history buff, but he loves stat seeing. nerd, uh, uh, past, I don't know. It's all the, the prep work that goes into learning about teams. It's interesting. So, yeah, you better. Better cut you, you off before you keep off. rolling you here. better cut it off or we're going to keep going. 97, they lost to Tampa. And with that, the NFC South, 10. speaking of Tampa, perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tampa Bay, the Bucks are 6-7. and seven. They're leading the South, and we talked about this. The NFC South is horrible. This is... Uh, this I don't even know. There's no, frinny, there's no funny pun that you can sit there with the NFC South. The Panthers are 5-8. and eight. The Falcons are five and eight. The Saints are four and nine, and all all of those teams are still. Oh, excuse me, I had a little bubble. The all of them are still in playoff contention. Now, first team out, I'm going to assume is the Saints <clears throat> at four and nine. The Falcons and the Panthers are fist fighting, and this is the funny part about it because I'm going to I'm going to take a look here. So, the Panthers decided that they wanted to beat the Broncos. Fine, everybody thought that was going to happen. They beat the Seahawks. Geno Smith and the Seahawks, I don't know how that one happened. They've beat the Falcons already this year, but at the same time, the Panthers have been just struggling. They beat the Bucks as well, 21-3. to I mean, you would look at this team, and with Baker Mayfield at the helm at the beginning of the year, you would have thought, oh, yeah, this would be a team that could potentially win some games. you got Deontay, Vore, or Deontay Foreman, excuse me, you got Chuba Hubbard. You've got a couple of guys on the outside edge. I mean, you're looking, as an offense, you're looking solid. Well, Baker Mayfield was a total bust for you on your contract signing. You shipped him out. Sam Darnold comes back, and you start winning games a little bit. I'm like, okay, this might be something. Now the Panthers are looking to try to be in a potential spot in that NFC South where if a bunch of shit goes wrong in the next couple of day, a couple of weeks, you could be looking at Carolina winning the NFC South. You could be looking at Atlanta winning the NFC South. Tampa is sitting on a fire pit that is ready to just explode. It's 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 a hard thing to kind of look at. And in the NFC West, the 49ers at 9 and 4, led by Brock Purdy at the moment, they've got a couple of big crucial games coming up. The Seahawks led by Geno Smith, you're 7 and 6 after losing to Carolina. Cardinals and Rams, I'm sorry. You guys are both 4-9. You guys are kind of coming out and potentially looking to not really 
get into the playoffs. Coming into it in looking at the AFC for the playoff run at the moment, the Bills are number one, the Chiefs are two, and they have the outright win over Kansas City because the Bills have the head-to-head win. Number three, the Ravens, and this is at the moment, but they win with the tiebreaker over Cincinnati. But unless they start really falling back in the record, that's going to be tough. The Titans are at four at seven and six. The Bengals are now at nine and four, and they're at five. Dolphins are six, and then seven are the New England Patriots, so they're holding the wild card. Also, the Patriots hold the the tie-breaking win over L.A., so the Chargers, and they also have it over the Jets, I believe, or no. Division tie. So the Jets are still possibly in playoff contention. And the Chargers also have a win over the Jets as well to kind of hold that sustain. Another team floating on the bubble are the Jags as they're climbing up and the Raiders, but there's a lot of different has-to-win, has-to-lose scenarios. Cleveland has kind of been the death and the help for both of those two teams as well, so it's it's kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty there. If you look at the NFC side of things, the Eagles have already clinched. They won. They're, they're in regardless of how the season goes. The Vikings are at 10-3. and three. They're sitting at 2. The Niners are sitting at 3. The Bucks are sitting at 4th over the Cowboys at the moment in the NFC, mostly because they have a division win at the or division lead at the moment. The Bucks are still sitting second in their division at 10 and 3. The Commanders have a tie-breaking win over the Giants, which is why they are sitting at 6 and the Giants are sitting at 7 as well. Also fun fact, all three or all NFC least NFC East teams are in. So the Lions are sitting at third, or sitting second below the Giants, behind the Seahawks at six and seven. Seahawks are at seven and six. Packers are at five and eight. Carolina is slowly trying to creep their way up there. They've got a tie-breaking win over Atlanta. So the playoff run is about to get a little messy. It seems like in the next week or two. So looking at Week 15 here for score or for schedule. Coming up on Thursday, December 15th, San Francisco plays Seattle, so Brock Purdy gets a chance at Geno Smith. Saturday. Saturday. I said that right, folks. It ain't college football because we're looking at bowl games coming up here in a little bit. But the Colts take on the Vikings in uh, in Minneapolis. Baltimore takes on Cleveland. Miami takes on Buffalo. On Sunday, coming back to the regular day, Philadelphia takes on Chicago. Atlanta takes on New Orleans. Lions. Philadelphia takes on Chicago. Yeah, get ready for a boat oh, boat race. Sweet baby Jesus. What's the line for that game? Oh, let me see if I can take a look here. <laughs> oh, blah, 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 blah. I know we don't talk sports betting a lot on this, but that's got to be a. I'm looking at it here. Uh, so. 10, 9, something like that, probably. So, the spread is 9. Over under is 48 and a half. Wow. 48. <laughs> 48 and a half. Oh, oh my God. Eagles Nine are... points. That's not. Uh, I don't love that. I would like to. Uh, I would have liked her to bend more because if it's a little bit more, then the Bears will keep it close. But oh my God. That game. Mm, it's I don't know, man. Yeah. 48 over under with the Eagles. 
I Man. will I will say that the Bears, the only thing going for them is it's in Chicago and it's 29 degrees, but the Eagles were playing in snow last week and it didn't seem yeah, to I stop them. Saying, weather is not a problem. Yeah, weather ain't a problem for Philly. So, fly, so Eagles, there's fly. No, there's no advantage, baby. The Bears are going to get run out of their own building. Well, it was Soldier Field was supposed to be fun. It ain't going to be if you're going this week. Lions got the Jets coming up. Steelers have Carolina. Dallas has Jacksonville. KC takes on Houston. Arizona's got Denver. New England with Las Vegas. Tennessee, Chargers, Bengals, Bucks, and Brady can kiss the the new generation hello as he goes with Joe Burrow. The Giants have the Commanders. Joey B and his ice a little kiss. Oh yeah, give that give that ice a little bit of a smooch. And then now on Monday night, December nineteenth, Rams Packers. It's I, I mean, like I said, it could get a little messy coming up this week because I mean, you you take a look at some of these teams. I think I think Detroit's got a chance to beat the Jets. If if you look at the Jets, I mean, they struggle with Mike White. Zach Wilson could possibly come back. I mean, you've got so many different things going against the Jets at the moment. With the Bears and the Eagles, well, that, that, that you could get an upset win if none of the team plays. But then again, I really hope half the team plays because I have Jalen Hurts' fantasy, so fine. The Bengals have a chance to just beat Tom Brady, which is fun. But the Bengals are sitting pretty good. Dallas has a chance to kind of show out against Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence has a chance to see what he can do against a really good contention playoff team to kind of go on that AFC side and see what's what's what. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's just a lot of good games in the NFC or NFC East. The Giants take on the the Commanders once again, so there there is a potential chance that that could flip flop some teams. So I don't know. There there's a lot of good games coming up this weekend. So if you got a chance to kind of sit down on NFL Sunday, whether you're watching fantasy or not, take a chance, take a seat, have a have a brewski or two, get some hot dogs, get some pizza, get some chips, go for it. Get some hot dogs and pizza. <clears throat> Chugging down the brewskis on Sunday, watching your fantasy team lose. Oh, yeah. No, well. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't get much better than that. All right, so <laughs> if, if anybody if anybody really wants to wonder how fantasy works here and how it's just a cruel, heartless bitch. Because <laughs> oh, it fucking is. Wow. It's wow. a heartless bitch. And I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm heart... I'm, Torn because I actually am much. I can't. I I'm not gonna make a joke about that because that's something you don't make a joke about. So Kyler Murray was my quarterback for fantasy in the first quarter, first couple of plays. Kyler Murray ACL tear. He's out. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I I can still win with Ramondre Stevenson as my running back and Matt Prater as my kicker for the Cardinals. Well, Ramondre Stevenson goes down with an ankle injury. So I lose two big guns here to potentially keep me into a second second spot for the play, like a second seed for the playoffs in one fantasy league. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it, it didn't happen. Ramondre Stevenson got me three points and then left with performance issues with his foot. Uh, Matt Prater was supposed to get me 14 points left after the seven that he got me. That didn't work either because... Arizona doesn't want to kick. Kyler Murray, I now had to drop off my fantasy team because he's officially torn his ACL. So your boy's sitting in the quarterfinals of the playoffs here, going to try to fight for his life and reformat his team just a little bit. And everybody's probably like, well, Nick, why didn't you draft a, another quarterback? I 
truly didn't have another quarterback, and if I and I did, but I dropped him, and now I'm trying to pick up another quarterback as well. So we're looking into it. On the other side of it, Nick found a way to snuck in in an eight-team playoff where a four-team consolation bracket and a four-team championship bracket. Somehow Nick found a way to sneak in with a four-team championship bracket. But let me let me lay this out here for you. So this has been pretty much my same team the entire year. Despite it, one switch coming in three spots. Jalen Hurts as a QB. Travis Etienne as my running back. De- Deontay Foreman I picked up earlier this week because I figured he would help. And I also had a couple of players to switch out for buys. Devontae Adams. C.D. Lamb. I did have Goddard, but he got hurt, so I had to pick up Conklin and uh, Morrow from the Raiders. It worked for a week. Chris Alave, Eagles defense, Justin Tucker as my kicker. And then also I had Adam Thielen as well, Leonard Fournette, and then I had to pick up some guys along the way. I am currently sitting in this league at 5-6, and six, bowed or just fought my way through. I'm the only losing team in my playoff spot at the moment. I I had a couple of and by a couple I mean I had a big losing skid. I was on a four game or was that? I was on a five game losing skid to where I just couldn't get any help at the end of games. So guys, fantasy if you play it and you love it, it's fun, but it's also a, it's heartless and it it just sucks because you lose some guys, you win some. So with that, NFL talk is done. Unless we have anything else to go. Well, I was going to say, I've only played fantasy football a couple of times. My biggest problem with it is I just don't have the commitment that several people in the league I was playing in had where you would just drop and, you know, change multiple players a week. And, oh, oh, man, I just didn't have the commitment for it. I got in the playoffs, but my first year, I think I went like one or two, three wins. It was it was bad. Well. I mean, it, it's really fun because, I mean, and th- that's, this is the biggest thing. The NFL, to me, has always been fun to watch, but I have not had the drive to watch it like college football. College football has always been my baby. College football has just been there. The NFL has just kind of slumped off for me. So I'm happy that I got into fantasy football to kind of get myself back into the NFL. I always keep focus on the draft, which, speaking of that, the dra- the mock drafts are beginning to kind of start getting right written up and getting ready to come out as the playoffs kind of start coming around the corner. The Heisman is done. If you haven't seen it, Caleb Williams, quarterback for University of Southern California, wins the Heisman, brings it back. First Heisman trophy for USC since good old Reggie Bush. And also just Lincoln Riley at USC, the man knows how to produce quarterbacks. I mean, holy shit. Lincoln Riley can produce some quarterbacks because he produced Jalen Hurts. Look at his career in the NFL. I have no doubt that Caleb, Caleb Williams will be the same thing because he's a very dynamic playmaker, running and passing the ball. He had 37 touchdowns so far this season, only four interceptions, and they still have a a bowl game to go as well. So Caleb Williams wins the Heisman. Um, B. John Robinson wins the best running back of the year for Texas. He was just an absolute stud. So there's two players that could potentially go very high in the draft. Bryce Young, quarterback for Alabama, could go very high in the draft as well. But with that, we got to wait to see how these bowl games play out. And also, just we won't go over all of them at the moment. But since it's timely, it's relevant, we'll go over the bowl schedule here 
just really quick one more time. If we can get the computer to load, there we go. So Friday, December 16th. So coming up this week, we do have bowls. We have the, the home. Let's, let's go and make our wild pick'em for this. All Which right. For me, is uh, I don't know ninety percent of these teams, so let's see how bad how bad I do. So we have bowls coming up on Friday and Saturday. So we'll start with we'll we'll pick a couple of games here. So Friday, there's only two games, so we'll do both. So Miami, Ohio, versus UAB. In the hometown Landers Bahamas Bowl. <laughs> wow. There you go. That's so that's two teams I, I know nothing about. I don't know I'm much going about them either. Miami, Ohio. There we go. <laughs> I'll go a Miami, bowl, Ohio too, because I'm I, I'm sitting I on it. I don't care about either team. That bowl <laughs> is a snooze fest. Miami, Ohio, there you go. Big big dub. Well, so, you get to play in the Bahamas, so that's something, I guess. That is. Then I talked about this. I cut this clip out and put it on our socials. UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio, ranked number 25 in the college football playoff rankings. First ranked matchup that we have. Facing number 24, Troy, in the Duluth Training Gear Bowl. It should be the Duluth Naked Buck Naked Underwear Bowl, but I'll, I'll say that until the day. I think that's so hilarious. So the football players in this bowl would play in their underwear? Is that it's what you're the, going for? Oh, what is it? It's the uh, lingerie football or whatever the hell it is. Oh, the LFL. <laughs> yes. And please, dude, okay, if anybody from Duluth is... This should have been the biggest. So, I'm sorry. Duluth fucked up on this royally. This should have been the biggest marketing campaign <laughs> of the store. I don't care that you have the Duluth Trading Company. That, you oh. could have had so much running with you. And one team was from freaking Texas. You could have just had this been that just. Is a, that is just a lot of injuries waiting to happen. <laughs> granted, you probably couldn't have played the full game in just your boxers. <laughs> or your briefs, or your buck naked yeah, underwear. Make like a flag football bowl game. <laughs> oh, dude, I would pay to watch that. That would be oh, freaking yeah, hysterical. Pay to watch men run around in their underwear okay. playing flag football. <laughs> All right, well, good for like, you. Okay, never mind. Hold on there. I bet you could get your girlfriend to go with you. Terry's putting this in full reverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the greatest clip of the year right there. All right. Well, that's, somebody's uh, that's top five moments All in right. <laughs> podcast 2022. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> We're going to make a note of this. As, hold on. Well, you know, I'll say this. There's nothing wrong with admiring another man's body, I guess. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> So hold on here. As I'm timing this out, oh, I'm trying the just... backpedaling that immediately started with that was terrific, though. Oh my gosh, forty-seven. Oh, you well, got we not. were at like we were at like an hour thirty on that. So one hour. You, you got got big guy. Yeah, one hour thirty, and I'm putting it at zero zero. I'll go check it from there. Okay. Anyway, the only reason that I would, I there is no right fucking way to say this. I was gonna say, where do you go from here? <laughs> I dug myself I such wait. a hole. Okay, so here, here's where this would be the funny thing. You could probably do. Oh, just, we're going with a funny approach. You okay. know what? Piss off. 
I'm not. I'm not having it right now. I'm okay. So, shit. Where do I go from this? Pick a fucking winner at this point. I'm sorry. I don't even remember what teams we're talking about. University of Texas San Antonio right number 25, and then you got 24 Troy. I can't backpedal any further, Ooh. folks. Well, you know, if I'm watching two teams playing underwear, it's got to be the Roadrunners, man. UTSA, baby. I was going to pick playing UTSA the as well. Boxes and all. <laughs> I just personally Nick pay hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of dollars to see grown men wrestle on a football field in their underwear. <laughs> I still think that Duluth like lost so much money on marketing oh, for this. Is, they could have done so much better. Hilarious. I could have marketed for them at this point with the <laughs> Well, you know, we've already noted uh, how you would love to watch men play football in their underwear and would I just, pay thought, money it would, I just thought it would be funny. I mean if we can if we can sit and have ladies do it, the guys might as well do it. So throw some pads on, throw some Duluth buck tra- or Duluth trading buck naked underwear. Go out and cure the bowl, I guess. I don't friggin' know. You go do you. Uh, you go have L- fun. The LFL is is pretty cool, not gonna lie. Dude, those <laughs> ladies are savages. Those the, those gals the, get the after hits. it. I was gonna say once you know you get past the, they're playing football in underwear, which is awesome by itself. Um, Facts. They they do they lay some hits on that field. Yeah, what well, would be flags in the NFL and the LFL are just clean hits that they've been doing since nineteen. I don't know. I think the best uh, football play that was a that would be a penalty in the NFL was the first play in the XFL. Where I think I can't remember if it was a screen pass or what, but the guy got hit so hard his helmet came off, oh. and it was like the first play of the XFL, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is football," and I'm like, "Holy shit, he just got rocked!" <laughs> and then they say, "Hold on here, personal no, the foul." The XFL's whole stick was basically like, "We're just gonna let everybody beat the piss out of each other." Well, dude, Justin Herbert got helped out with a penalty as he had the whole body weight of a defensive lineman on him. And also, I'm sorry, as we take a second here before we get into Saturday's game, what the hell is up with that? A lineman can't fall on the quarterback because that hurts him? the rule. You can't shift your weight on him. So when when you're hitting and you can see it, if you purposely like shift your body weight to one side and then like put a shoulder into him while you're landing on him, that's not legal because you can hurt him. But yeah, the whole roughing the passer penalty is very subjective and Dude, called uh, very inconsistently. Well, I mean, the shifting the body weight is one. Like, I mean, still, Justin Herbert, that penalty was bullshit because I mean, you can sit there and clearly, like, how am I supposed to just lay down? Like, I hit a quarterback and take him down, and I can't like fall through him. Because, I mean, I understand that a quarterback might be smaller than a 300-pound defensive lineman, which obviously the math is there. He is smaller. But at the same time, it's like, dude, how am I supposed to make a tackle? Because the, the, Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills, uh, there was a linebacker for the Bills that got flagged in the, the Patriots game. or um, Yeah, it was the Bills-Patriots. He got flagged for a hit in the end zone. I mean, granted, yeah, he was hitting a little bit high, but I mean, he was trying to make sure the receiver couldn't catch the ball, and he got flagged for hitting a defenseless player and unnecessary roughness. It's like, dude, 
as my defensive coordinator and as a coach, I'm running out there and I will literally probably, I'll probably beat the hell out of the ref because it's like, what am I supposed to let my defender do? Just let him catch the well, ball. And that's how we lose the game because I could have had my not, guy. Holy shit. And that's example one of why you shouldn't coach. Oh yeah. That's exactly yeah. the official buddy. I know. <laughs> and that's going to probably come back to bite me in the ass at some point, but it's like, I won't coach football, but like, um, the hit on Cam Rising in the or in the Pac-12 championship. If you haven't seen the hit on Cam Rising and how just everybody was arguing on Twitter on like how was this not called for helmet to helmet? How was this not called for targeting? I'm like one. If you take a look at the freaking hit and don't be just a a bitch about it, his helmet was for the UFC defender. His helmet was still on the side of Cameron or Cam Rising's body. To where it was not in intention of hitting his head or neck area. Cam Rising got folded, and his helmet came down on top of the defender's helmet. And it was clearly just, he got ran through. No penalty flag was called. Helmets were flying. Cam Rising got up like a champ and took it. I mean, I, I will tell you right now, and granted, yes, quarterbacks in the NFL are a little bit older. They're a little bit more brittle. They've been taking a lot of hits, and Joe Burrow was going to get to that point if the Bengals don't get him a line. But at the same time, it's like, dude, football is a sport that was designed to hit the living shit out of people, and I understand that there's a lot of health issues, but it's like, dude, you cannot just defend everybody. Like, there's plenty of plays where a running back could just drop his helmet and go. But... Besides the point, I mean, they're like, I really don't know where the hell that falls to where a lineman can't put his weight on on a quarterback on a clean hit all the way through. Like, if I'm wrapping you up and just, like, falling to the ground with you, it's like I'm going to hit you on the ground. I might as well just go full force. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's one of those plays that, I mean, part of it depends on the name on the jersey, too. Yeah, there there is a lot there, so. It's complicated. It was like the catch was a few years back, where the catch got so overanalyzed and so stupid that catches were being called incomplete. And that's what roughing passing is. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, you're trying to make the sport safer, but to a certain level, you're kind of overanalyzed. Yeah. So, with that, on Saturday for college football, we have the Wasabi Fenway Bowl played at Fenway Park in Boston with your cousin from Boston. Cincinnati and the Bearcats take on the Louisville Cardinals. In this game, I do have Cincinnati. I think they were a team that could have won the American this year. They fell a couple of games short. I don't think Louisville has been as strong. They've been fighting with a mediocre record in the ACC. Cincinnati did pretty well this year, so I got Cincy. Well, in an attempt to make this not just picking the same teams, I've got to be argumentative and take Louisville, baby. There you go. Take uh, Cincinnati down. I've got uh, a feeling, and uh, there you go. (laughs) As close as you can get. Playing some tough, tougher opponents in the old ACC. In the SRS distribution Las Vegas poll, can we get better? <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. Say that the SRS distribution, <laughs> distribution Las, Las Vegas, Vegas poll. Oh my god. 
So if anybody <laughs> remembers watching Jurassic Worlds where the uh, Verizon Wireless presents the Indominus Rex, this is basically what we're getting at with college football. Florida Gators <laughs> take on the number 14th ranked Oregon State Beavers. Oregon will take on this SEC team and just absolutely throttle them. The Beavers are are one of the hottest teams in the Pac-12. JC might have to take the argumentative point. I would advise him against it because I think in this next game I'm gonna I'm gonna take a fun fun vote against it. But I've got Oregon State over Florida. Well, here's my first thing. Oh, Lee the Corso, calm yourself. Stinks. The Pac-12 stinks. You know what conference doesn't stink at football? The yes, SEC. Wow. All right. Relax. Well, I hate baby. the SEC. You know what? You know what I hate is every time. <laughs> I make a pick. You pick the same team. That's true. Where's your originality, homeboy? I watch anyway. more college football than you, so I know what I'm picking. Well, if I, I go wrong, I'm mad. I can't argue with that, but you know what else I can't argue with? The SEC and bowl season, baby. That is oh, fairly true. Gators. The Gators, I just I don't trust the Pac-12. So uh, okay, Gators, that, pick I'll, up I'll the give you that. W. I'll SEC give you that. keeps on keeping on, baby. So, moving right along, there's only a few more games left. So, oh gosh, I, dude, the man has a late night show, but he's deciding to fund a bowl game. Jimmy Kimmel, L.A. Bowl, presented by Stifle. Let me let me say that again. The Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, presented by Stifle. Not even. Whatever. Screw this. Washington State versus Fresno State. I'm... Washington State, baby. I was going to go Fresno State in this one, actually. So I'm glad we picked again different because I thought I... that Fresno State would be okay. I should have picked Fresno or Washington State with the with my league, Mike Leach, but I'm going to go with Fresno State on that. I was going to say Mike Leach is basically the only reason I'm taking Washington State. I Fresno State, I think this will be a close game. Fresno State's one of those teams that come bowl season typically can hang tough. They can. But Washington State rolling to a dub. There you go. So the Lending Tree Bowl, just the Lending Tree Bowl. No no fun presented. Where's all yeah. the extra <laughs> so, the presented by the Covert show? I don't seriously we should buy a bowl. That that no, oh, let's God. not do that. I hope I hope <laughs> you have money because I sure don't. <laughs> Can we put a we owe you later and by later yeah, I mean well, after I'm we're gonna... forty years dead and gone? <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna write you an IOU oh, to the bowl <laughs> They'll probably <laughs> the take it at this point. The Lending Tree Bowl brought to, brought to you by the COVID show. <laughs> brought to you by Mr. 305 Fireball. Mr. 305. So, in the Lending oh, yeah. Tree Bowl, as boring as it is, Rice Southern Miss. Oh, God. Oh, dude, I don't know who I'd want to take in this one. too. I'm going to go with Miss. Cause you got, Rice, okay. I just, I don't know. I, I was going to pick Rice. I was going to wow. pick Rice. Because the, the only reason that I would pick Rice is because I know that every year that Texas has played Rice that they've been presented to be back, Rice has actually come out and kind of kicked their ass and made them work for the damn win. So I got Rice. Uh, Southern Miss. All right. Coming up next 
the New Mexico Bowl. This game's at 6.30. This is on ABC. And also, sorry we didn't represent the names in the Times. But SMU takes on BYU. Which U are you going to pick? SMU, baby. I think BYU is solid money, but I don't know. Something about teams in Texas in bowl season. I was going to say, I might have to kind of get back on our thread here. I like SMU. They've been a team that has been in college football, have been kind of a powerhouse back in the late or the early, early years of like 1900s. So I think I'll pick SMU in that. And then finally, I. They were facing with col- or with college football, I believe. They were facing the death penalty. In the early 1900s. And I probably shouldn't say early because it was like the mid-1900s and probably late. You know what? In the 1900s, like back the in like the 1950s? 60s through 90s, they were good. No. Whatever. The early 1900s was like 1905. <laughs> World War One's coming. SMU is rolling everybody in football. Yeah, SMU's rolling teams back when Cumberland is beating somebody like 260 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the early 1900s. <laughs> Oh, okay. my God. Anyways. Wow, way to go, man. You're going to go. Yeah, we're really cooking with some oil now. Anyways, the Frisco Bowl with North Texas and Boise State. Boise State. I don't even care. I don't care who they're playing. I'm going to go. Boise State, baby. I, I, as much as I like Boise State, I got to go with the mean green North Texas. Well, prepare I'll go to against, be wrong, man. Yeah, I know. Prepare to be wrong. And then also, because I don't know if we'll get another podcast out before Monday, there's plenty of bowl games to go around, but we'll do the Monday one. We got Marshall, the Thundering Herd, versus the Yukon Huskies in the Myrtle Beach Bowl down in Carolina. Oh, it's hard to hard to go against a team that's called the Thundering Herd. How about Marshall picking up the nice bowl win? I got Marshall as well because I, I don't know jack shit about the UConn football program. Sorry, Huskies. You were basketball school. In the... I feel like historically it's not very good. I, I would assume so as well. And also Marshall has had some this – is, this comes with a hurt heart, but Marshall has had some very historic football programs with some big bowl wins and some conference wins. They've also had a very – um, historic football team with everything that went on. Speaking of sad week or sad with the plane crash and everything that was everybody that was lost on that team. But I think Marshall has developed into a program that also they've been in the top twenty five for multiple times within the last five years at least. So I definitely think that Marshall, <clears throat> excuse me, can get the job done. There's some bowl games on Tuesday as well. There's pretty much as soon as Sunday start or as soon as Friday starts. There's bowl games every single day, pretty much. You know what bowl or you know what day there's not a bowl on? I talked about this before and it freaking pisses me off royally. New Year's damn New Year's day. day. New Year's Day. So, but well, we I think won't that's get the there. cool thing about the bowl season. I mean, if you take away the fact that half the matchups aren't very good <laughs> and the bowls are named after very everybody much commercialized. It is football every single day for like three weeks. Yeah, it's so and that's pretty fun. There is that 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 is fun. In case anybody, I mean, it, it feels like to a certain level, and it's a terrible comparison, but 
it, it feels like the college football equivalent of trying to be the NCAA tournament. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, which will never happen. No, but because you couldn't touch what the NCAA tournament, like like we've talked about on the show before. That's a top five sporting event of the year. Oh yeah, March Madness comes around and you're hyped. Whether, it, it, and the thing about March Madness is, it doesn't matter whether you have a team in it or not. Granted, it helps if you do, but even if you don't, it's still must see TV. Oh yeah, for the four or five weeks that it goes. Well, with that also, if you're looking for other funny bull names to look for. Look for the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl on Friday, or on Tuesday, sorry, December 20th. Look for on Friday, December 23rd, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. I, I said that, I believe I said that right. Um, There's a lot of bowl, like, I'm, Superval, or, yeah, Supervo has a bowl. That's the first responders bowl. That's usually a pretty big bowl for the or for the last few years that they've had it. The Armed Forces Bowl is usually a pretty good um, bowl when they have it. Oh, they've got the military bowl as well. Uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, here we go. The Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl on Thursday, December 29th. That's Syracuse, Minnesota. Bad boy m- mowers pinstripe bowl. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. As if Kellogg's has not taken enough. So I wonder if the March. winning coach gets a mower or something cool. That'd actually be badass. I would coach in that bowl just for the hell of it. P.J. <laughs> Fleck better have those gophers scooey mon up that freaking river rolling that bowl day. He needs so a brand new mower in play? Syracuse, baby, the fighting orange. Ooh, I don't know if Minnesota will win that. Syracuse actually this year had a little bit of a schedule of kind They of, were top twenty five team. They were at one point. They had top, so Minnesota or Syracuse at the year had a big win over Louisville. Okay. Louisville's in a bowl. They had a win over UConn. Forty eight to fourteen. Purdue who is contending. I can't believe UConn's a bowl. I yeah, and to be honest, sometimes they they have to be like five and seven. I don't I don't see them having a winning record. You have to be six. You have to have six wins. So here's UConn's record. Do you though? Because a couple of years back you did. Uh, a couple of years back, yeah, some some team with a big red end snuck in with some some crucial uh, COVID well, bowl luck. Five and seven. Oh yeah. Uh, well, this is pre-COVID. Five and seven would get you a bowl. Sometimes, so, not all five and seven, nope. but if you were five and seven to travel well, yeah, you could get a bowl. And you and you had a big win somewhere in your season, but UConn is six and mm-hmm. six on the year, so they're in a bowl automatically. Mm-hmm. Purdue, that was a big win for Syracuse. They went undefeated at the beginning of the year. Syracuse was at the moment they were one, two, three, four, five. They were six and zero. They beat NC State, who competed for an uh, ACC title. Who was twenty four nine, or they beat NC State twenty four nine, lost to Clemson by only six. They lost to a Notre Dame team who is ranked as well at the end of the year in the college football playoffs. They lost to a Florida State team very very badly. Oh boy! And then they beat Boston College at the end of the year to kind of break off a six game lo- or a five game losing streak. So with that, Syracuse seven and five overall, third in the ACC Atlantic. So they ended up finding a bowl game. 
and they play Minnesota, and P.J. Fleck and the Gophers were also looking at trying to get themselves to another Big Ten title game. While they were second in the Big Ten West, they ended up getting an 8-4 and four record overall as well with a win over Nebraska. Two crucial losses to Illinois and Penn State, and then Iowa as well, knocking them out of Big Ten title contention. So, also, P.J. Fleck was signed to a contract extension all the way through the year of 2029. So, with that, we'll talk about more Bulls as we go. With that, we are also two hours into the podcast. One minute, or one hour and 55 minutes. So, I, wow, that kind of was, we kind of stopped there, didn't we? Did we run into a wall, or what are we doing here? <laughs> I thought, I'm not going to lie, I thought you were just going to wind her down. <laughs> I thought that was like we're two hours in, time to shut it down. I was like, all right. Well. I mean, we can wind her down. Do we got? Do we got any? We, you know what? You and I have not done, and we probably this is probably a good thing that we haven't done this. But we talk about oh, this a lot. Boy. We go down a lot of rabbit holes on this show, and if you've sat through all two hours of some of our shows, and you've you've experienced why there are two hours, and we go down a lot of rabbit holes. Have we experienced any nostalgia in the last couple of? Of months because I've experienced one thing of nostalgia. The other oh, day, I, I can't wait to hear it. The other day, and I tried to take a picture and I couldn't get my phone up fast enough. There was a commercial on the television while I was sitting on the couch. You know what that commercial was for? It was for hex bugs. No hex bugs. Hex bugs are back on the commercials on TV. They're relevant again. Also. My girlfriend and I were talking about this. So you take a look at commercials on TV as a kid, and you're thinking, oh, man, I wonder what's going to hop up next. And all of a sudden, a big Hot Wheels commercial comes up, right? And you look in the brand-new racetrack that they put out for the year or put out for the month, whatever they do, and you take a look, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Like, that T-Rex in the middle is so cool or the exploding volcano. And you're like, Mom, I need this for Christmas. And then all of a sudden, like, you go ask Santa depending on how old some of our listeners are, shit. <laughs> you go ask your parents for Christmas, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Well, you get the track, and the thing that's supposed to explode, demolish, or whatever it does in the middle of the track doesn't live up to the actual coolness of the TV. You ever had <laughs> that? Did you ever get a Hot Wheels track as a kid? Hot Wheels tracks are top five most deceiving things in the great history of this wonderful planet we live on. They never work. No the loops stink. I'll be honest with you. The loops are the cool. They look cool. I mean, when you're watching that on TV, like you said, you go, Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. And then you get it. The loops in hot wheels tracks stink. Or it was always, terrible. It was always they that the cars don't go through them. Or it was that weird like placebo effect where you went over to your friend's house four days after you got it, and your friend is just launching cars through this loop-to-loop at like 30 miles an hour because that was cool for a Hot Wheels car to go that fast. You're He's just launching them through, and you're like, whoa, how did you do that? And, my, and he's like, yeah, my mom got AA batteries. And I was like, well, my, my mom and dad got AA batteries. What is this bullshit? And then you kind of sit there, and you... You play with it for like another 15 minutes and then all of a sudden the magic kind of fades away and the the cars don't go through it anymore. 
Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, even if you like pushed it with your hand and tried to launch it through, you'd basically throw it off of the side. Or you break you, the damn loop to loop because it pops well, off the track. Say, that and loose. the tracks are so flimsy. Oh, dude. That all the shit got broke on them. And <laughs> the track got broke anyway. Yeah, oh. I don't have a kind thing to say about the track. Now, Hot Wheels cars, on the other hand. Oh, those are badass. Awesome. You you can't dog on Hot Wheels cars, man. Hot no, Wheels cars. Stink. Yeah, their tracks stink. Their, their collector trucks and those uh, collector 10 edition things, those are cool. Those work. The tracks, on the other hand, sorry, kids. Don't don't waste. You can wait, you can spend your money on them, and sorry, Hot Wheels, for dogging on you. Because, no, I mean, I'm not dogging on Hot Wheels. Oh, overall, they're good. Oh, I love. I'm Hot just Wheels. saying their tracks are not not so excellent, Mister Squidward. Which maybe that's <laughs> a nostalgic thing too. Oh. You know, I talked about it last time or one of our episodes recently about the whole. Every time I see, <laughs> this was back when I worked overnights. Every time I saw tortellini in the frozen food aisle, all I can think of is when Patrick wins the trophy in the snail race, and he goes. Oh. And he hands this trophy to Squidward, who's like, oh, thanks, Patrick. And the pe- episode ends, Squidward Tortellini. <laughs> so, and yeah, so the new SpongeBob meme is, I don't know why it popped in my mind, but it oh, I think man. about way too much over the last, like, week and a half is the not-so-excellent Squidward. You know the episode <laughs> where Patrick uh, jumps off the cliff, his head comes off, and he accidentally puts brain coral Yes. And he becomes smart. So he's practicing like Symphony C or whatever the hell it is with Squidward. And Squidward sucks at playing the clarinet, as we're all aware of. And he goes, not so excellent, Mr. Squidward. <laughs> and it, I, I don't know. I Maybe I've just had enough interactions with dumbasses over the last like week and a half. But Oof. the amount of times I've thought, not so excellent, Mr. Squidward. It's been oh. a lot. I was and gonna it's say, funny. I was gonna say Audrey and I were over at my parents' house for some family Christmas this weekend, and we watched SpongeBob on Saturday morning because we were up and it was on, and I was like, and she just wanted to watch it, and it there was it was the episode of SpongeBob and Sandy going into, uh, or SpongeBob and Patrick going into Sandy's like uh, bubble during her hibernation. It was who you called Pinhead. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, they're. I'm Dirty Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dirty Dan. No, I'm Dirty Dan. And oh my Which gosh, one of you is Dirty, dirty Dan? Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like SpongeBob just... is the single most relatable television program for anybody born from like basically 1990 to like 2005. Maybe you maybe back that up to like ninety five, ninety six to oh five, but uh, I feel yeah. like that whole ten year bracket. Because by mean, the time we're like, by the time we're all like twenty five, thirty, everybody's gonna be just talking in SpongeBob memes, and half the population will have no idea what's happening. Well, I'll tell you right now, I've got some cousins who are like in their thirties and like late twenties, and they all know SpongeBob and like they've been around it. And Do they all talk in SpongeBob memes to each other. We've talked about awesome. it. We've done that every once in a while because I mean, like our so you and I, That's awesome. we're like the, I would say what because I was, 
you're you're 24, right? 24, 25. Not to 23. put 23 because I'm 20, just turned 24. Because I couldn't remember where we sat on that, and I mean we're probably the last. I would say cutoff for the. Oh, I don't want to say like older SpongeBob, but for like definitely the circa. The nostalgic SpongeBob. That, there you go. Like Thank you. The, That's a better word Krabby for it. Pa- when they're the episode where they're making the Krabby Patty. Yes. It's like the prime we example. We were like alive era. for that one. Yes. Yeah. Introducing the Krabby Patty. Da, de, da, de, da, de, da, da. My favorite on that is Lenny. That's a lot of hoopla. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of hoopla. Oh, and no. then he throws the brick at the fish, and it, I don't know why, <laughs> but that is the, the one of the funniest things in that episode. <laughs> Other uh, than at the end, where they're like, "The Krabby Patty formula is cut episode." Like, oh. other than the duh ending. Well, there was... of course, that's the ending to it. But when they throw the brick at that fish that screams hoopah, I don't know. It, it, it gets me. Even there... today, if I watch that episode, I will I will chuckle at that because... You're sitting there and you're like, this is know. so just duh. You know, you know something's coming when you're watching it. Because it goes hoopah. Yeah. He tries to talk hoopla. He tries to talk, and then it flashes back and just throwing the brick at the fish, and uh, it, well, it it just gets me. Well, and then you got to throw it to the SpongeBob movie. It was like the the first SpongeBob movie. Yes, the first one with not Sponge Out of Water or whatever. There was Sponge Out of Water. If you did, whatever see, the most recent two were, were not good. If you didn't see David Hasselhoff in the movie, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> That is true. And if you didn't see Patrick's underwear in the movie, you did it wrong as well. <laughs> oh, did you Nick's see... back to talking about Oh, shut underwear. up. Did you see my you underwear? You can't leave it alone. <laughs> there was that one. There was, um, oh, Doodle Bob. Me, I mean, Happy Leaf Erickson Day. Mayonnaise is not an if instrument. If you don't put the hoi mean, if you don't put the hoi mean noi as one of the clips <laughs> for social media, I am going to be big man. We'll make it. We'll make a note here. Hold on, I gotta go to forty-seven for clips for the yeah, show. There's, I gotta talk it out. So much. There's so much of SpongeBob. Oh yeah, and it's. It's one of those shows that it's funny when you watched it when you're like 10, 8, whatever. Oh, yeah. But it also holds up in a completely different aspect at the age we are now. I mean, there's stuff that I watch now that if you watch that back, it's like, it, it just hits so different. It does. And it doesn't, like, a lot of the shows now, like, here, here's a fun thing. So, we like Pokemon on the show. Ash Ketchum finally won a Pokemon championship. Like, talking best trainer overall. And the kid is probably, like, 56 at this point, but he's still 13. I'm like, dude. He's an old man. (laughs) Well, it throws it back to all when we were both kids, and it was still, I think we, you and I were probably generation, like, four or... 
how I want to say like four or probably Ooh. five were like the generations that you and I started on, maybe. I don't know if it was that late. Was it? I, I would say two or three, probably. Maybe something like that. So I mean, I think the, I stopped so watching actually. Ketchum, that first movie and stuff came out oh. in what ninety six, ninety seven, maybe. So he's thirteen. So he yeah, he's all of forty. If you go, and obviously the show doesn't move age, yeah, which I know annoys a lot of people, and I think it's funny they get annoyed by it, but. So 96 to now would be 27 years. So he's like 37, 40. Oh, my god! When he finally wins that title. <laughs> but you have to remember, he's beating up on, like, 12-year-olds. So <laughs> He's like, you can't do shit. I used to be you. The, the weird thing about Pokemon, and we're really going down a rabbit hole now, but <laughs> the weird thing about Pokemon, <clears throat> excuse me, when you think about it is the when you're playing the video game and you're going around these caves and there's all these campers and hikers oh. and these are full grown men and on the on the video game you're like I don't know 10 12 14 whatever it's always struck me as odd that that's the type of people that the game makes you battle. And they just randomly come up. They randomly see you walk by them and just run up to they you. And you're like, stare forward. Can we have they a straight forward? Can we have a stranger danger sure option? Eye contact. Stranger yeah. danger. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Do you want to battle? Uh, no. <laughs> Somebody fly me out of here. I, I think it's also funny. I saw a meme about the Amlet coin rule. Where it doubles your winnings. Oh, yeah, okay. And so there's a guy, uh, one of the trainers loses and he goes, okay, here's your 1200 bucks. And the kid's like, the best Pokemon pulling that coin, this fucking bullshit rule. <laughs> and he's like, here's another 1200 And I'm like, yeah, I feel that. And this kid's like, 1200 bucks, Dude, yeah. po- Pokemon is just, ugh. Yeah, it's once you start analyzing it, overanalyzing it, as we're fond of saying in this episode. Well, SpongeBob, <laughs> if you throw it back to SpongeBob, it it was supposed to be released as an adult show, and then they were like, "Well, adults aren't going to watch this," so they dumbed it down to kids and said, "Oh, by the way, here, if adults are going to have to watch it, we might as well keep some of this in here." And then now our generation still finds it funny because it's just that stupid, dirty humor that just not a lot of people saw. Well, that and our whole generation laughs at stuff we should. Oh, yeah, we laugh at the And have shit. such a skewed and warped sense of humor that... <laughs> it's, it is what it's it is. The most random stuff hits. Well, with that, with random stuff hitting and everything coming on, two hours, ten minutes into the show, we will wind it down for this one. So, without <laughs> further ado, hope you guys enjoyed And we told you it was going to be off the rails, and we got off the rails for a little bit. Rabbit holes, like we said, are no... They're no... Oh, I don't even know what you would no say. No stranger. Yeah, no stranger to the show. We go down it, we find it. We'll talk about it for a while, try to loop ourselves back. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but... <laughs> with that being said guys we've got plenty of stuff still coming up for you we've got a bunch of social media stuff coming out from shows like this one and shows coming up hopefully maybe past if we still have some clips that we haven't posted otherwise 
We got the big old end of the year show, the wrap up coming up. JC's going to work on his side of the shows that he was on. Everything that I've done so far, I'm going to work on those shows. There will be some of the clips from this show making an appearance. So if you guys have lasted two hours and 10 minutes from this December 13th show and you guys are still hitting it, we greatly appreciate you. We appreciate everything you guys done for us. The, the 50 followers that we got on Facebook, the 30 that we got on um, Instagram, everybody that we got on TikTok and Twitter, we appreciate all of you guys. Send us in your stuff if you guys have seen these clips. Send us in something you want to talk about. If you guys walked down a TV show, Childhood Lane, send it your way. If you guys walked out a drink menu and you see something you want us to try, send it our way. I guarantee you we'll... We'll either try it or we'll say, yeah, you know what? That's not our cup of tea. We might not want to put our bodies through that kind of hell. But we'll try it. We'll do what we can. We appreciate you guys helping us out. Like we said, the end of the year show will be coming out like it did last year. But with that, for JC, I am Nick. This has been episode number 47 of The Covert Show, and we will see you guys all next time. Have a good day, night, whatever you're doing. Peace out.